some beef with someone I don't wanna know Unless they happen to be at this show I don't know who fucked up or who stole all your shit But if they're next to you right now Just run up and hit them Uh, and we're recording. <clears throat> Very healthy. <clears throat> Adjust. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Garrett Schalke podcast. I am your host, your boy, Garrett Schalke. And uh, yeah, we are back at Elm Flat Media Group Studios in Kalamazoo, Michigan. <whistles> and you know what? It's been a long time, dude. We, uh, we once again have on Zach Elmblad, the... Remaining champion of most guests here on hashtag powerful GSP. Woof woof. Meow. And you know what? Uh, it's been a while, dude. It has been a while. And like I think I don't know January since we last podcasted together or something. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right because it was right before I I dropped notice on my job and we talked about it. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah I revealed the glory <laughs> to the world properly. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of shit has happened since then. You know Certainly. That? I mean, uh, God, let's see. What, what has happened? Uh, lots of shootings in Buffalo and Texas. There's that. I um, believe gas prices went up about a dollar and a half. Gas prices are high. <laughs> it's over five bucks. Uh-huh. Thanks, Joe Brandon. The S&P 500 dropped like 20%. Yep. New, new recession coming up. Uh, monkey pox. Uh, Oh, and uh, World War Three. That's kind of oh, that's on. Oh yeah, that's right. That it's wasn't. Yeah, yeah. That kind of that started to boil up to the surface on February twenty fourth, which is a like notable day for me. And so, like, there aren't many historical events that have happened on my birthday, but now we got a really like vivid one. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> It has astounded me these past few months with all this shit happening. It's almost like 2020 all over again. Kind you, know, of. you know, when shit was just piling one on top of Yeah, another. it's a recursive thing. I know, and I've been studying these past few months. And, I, and actually, just before, just like a week or two ago, just before we podcast today, I think I know the reason why this is all happening. Mm. These are all connected. Mayan calendar? No, it's, it's close, actually. But you know what really is? Hmm. Why all this shit is happening, how it's all connected? It's simple, actually. It's because you haven't been on this podcast. Oh. Oh. No. It no, no. makes all the sense in the world. No, don't <laughs> awe this. This isn't wholesome. It's a, it's, a, it's a cold, dead fact. All this stuff has happened between the last time you were on here and now. Well, it is my fault. Most things are. Indeed. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Zach, I ask that we please never have a uh, stretch of podcasting without you on it again, because as you see, the world literally falls apart without you being on Aww. this podcast. Yeah, it does. 
This isn't wholesome. Stop all I I'm sorry for the world. <laughs> you know, it, if it is my fault and I am the, like, grand arbiter of global events, then I do apologize to the world at large yeah. because I've, I've definitely been in dereliction of duty here. Kind of fucked yeah. it up. And I'll, I'm mad enough. To We're still allowed to say fuck freely on this podcast, right? You haven't. Yeah, f- yeah, for Brought now. down the iron curtain of. Yeah, for now. <laughs> free speech management here. Yeah, for yeah, for now. Uh, I'm sure someone will come along and try to cancel me, so I have to go back on shit. Tell that probably, Zach guy to stop saying fuck all the time. Yeah, we'll probably have to delete some episodes off Spotify. <laughs> Someone create like a Twitter account where like they track all the episodes that are deleted. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You seen that with high controversy? No. With Ro Jogan? No, man. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I don't pay attention much either. I don't listen to his shit anymore. But yeah, when he comes up in news, he comes up. Mm. And uh, one of my favorite things is that uh, someone set up a, a Twitter account that just uh, details all the episodes that. Spotify takes off. And it's a lot. Like, holy shit. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, man. I mean, there's an extensive catalog, and I remember back in the, like, episode numbers, like, 500 to 750, man, like, he had some seriously controversial people on. Like, that's when he was getting, like, notoriety for giving platforms to people that he probably shouldn't have or, like, that maybe had like, used his popularity to kind of elevate themselves in a way that they might yeah. not have deserved. But, like, I don't know, man. I, like, I think the popular analysis of Joe Rogan these days is that he's canceled. But, like... Keeps going. He does keep going. And, and like, I know we've kind of had a similar trajectory of thought about our buddy Alex Jones as well. And he's been creeping back up into the news lately. That guy is just a shit show these days. Yeah. And he's kind of getting his comeuffins as he should. Yeah, man. I mean, all all of the, the, the goo is starting to seep out of his like nuclear waste storage basin. Like he, he's got a lot of dirt that is starting to leak out, especially from like, his association with this January 6th shit seems like it's going to percolate a little bit more intensely for him <laughs> over the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. You ever listen to Knowledge Fight? No. Oh, Knowledge Fight is a podcast devoted to Alex Jones. Interesting. It's, these two Instead guys. of InfoWars, it's Knowledge yeah. Fight. I, that tracks yeah. now for me. I like yeah. that a lot. That's clever. Yeah. They pretty much, I think, yeah, they track like current day Mark modern day Alex Jones okay. and then they'll do like classic Alex Jones right. do they do, like demark at like bearded and non-bearded Alex Jones because I feel like the cra- like the more he began to look like Ted Cruz <laughs> like, the, the worse he got over these last few years uh no and uh they're so popular and they they're so extensive on Alex Jones mm-hmm. that uh the lawyers who are representing like the families of Sandy Hook are actually asking them for help in, like, well, taking down Alex Jones because they're that good at, like, detailing his history and that. Wow. And they're gladly helping, as they should. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, that was, I think I've said many times that 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 was about when I checked out on listening to him anyway and kind of having the world bring that up for him and, like, um, have that become 
uh, something that was his like social downfall, I think is like appropriate because that was kind of when the crazy got too crazy, and and it was like everybody is sort of listening to this guy, and now he's starting to just fabricate shit and just like lie and just get real upset about it. And like everybody was starting to check out with the like the kids are dying, the frogs are turning gay, yeah. like. Like, I liked Alex Jones when he was just, like, on a bullhorn yelling at people in cars as they went to the Bilderberg group and, like, trying to infiltrate. And, like, when he was, like, when he hooked in, went into, uh, was it, like, uh, yeah, Bohemian oh, Grove. Dude, we talked about that dude, many I'm so times, disappointed because yeah. it revealed that he was actually let in. He was? Yeah, he didn't sneak <laughs> in. He was let in. Oh, that is, oh, I didn't know that tidbit, and that just makes... <coughs> the last 20 years of my life just like laughable <laughs> you know if you you know it's all it's been rumored that he's actually a psyop a cia that's actually. fair man it, i think that's a fair one. analysis yeah I, it really is i kind of wonder though because uh i would think cia people would at least i don't know treat their agents a little bit better they're white american agents at least <laughs> i could see them like tossing away people like in South America that they use, or the Middle East, but no, a big media figure like Alex Jones, surely they won't allow him to go bankrupt or anything. Surely not. Surely no, uh, not. No, uh, Behind the Bastards did a recent episode called "What's Going On with Alex Jones Lately," where they uh-huh. featured the host of Knowledge Fight, and God, they got such great clips of uh, from the trials that he's been doing. Mm. Oh my God, it's insane. Like, uh, like they feature one with like the lawyer, the prosecutor, I think, just hammering out Jones on the stand. Then Jones like actually gets mad and he just says like, "Well, you know, maybe because you hate America." Wow, <laughs> hyperbole. Yeah. Or is, is this a deposition, or is he actually on trial? I think he's actually for, on for trial. the Sandy Hook stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they also reveal like how he. He and Infowars financially supported this dude who made it like his life's mission to stalk and harass Sandy Hook families. Even if like some of the families moved out of state, he'd be like emailing Al Jones like, Hey buddy, I'm in Florida. I've tracked down this family. Take pictures of them right now. Wow. And like they were reading the emails this and he's like and the prosecutor would be like uh, does this does this sound like a bad email to you? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a pretty bad email. I do not approve of it. <laughs> and my all-time favorite one is that they had some woman who works at InfoWars. I can't remember her name or her, her position. Mm-hmm. But it, but they were challenging the whole thing about them being you know, crisis actors. And one of the claims was like afterwards they had like a... I think it was at, at the Super Bowl. They had like a some kind of like... Sandy Hook Choir there, Children's Choir or something. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long ago. But, yeah, they claim that those were actually the kids that were supposedly killed at Sandy Hook, but the American government were trying them out to make fun of people who that they fooled. Wow. <laughs> which is kind of one of those things with conspiracy theories, how they claim that everything's out in the open, that they're making fun of you and that. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, Wait, why would they take that risk? 
Yeah, I, yeah, that does. Oh man, like the Looney, the layers of Looney Tunes in that shit. Just, I, it's mind boggling. I, I know you can find an excuse for anything, as I learned in conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this fucking woman, you know, the, they asked her about that and that claim, and she says like, "Okay, I know it's extreme, and you know, it's very sad what happened to this children Sandy Hook. Alex Jones is very sad about it. But think about it this way." What if they were crisis actors and they were still alive? Wouldn't that be wonderful if the children of Sandy Hook were still alive, even secretly? Oh my god, that's... That's how insane that is. What mental gymnastics, dude. Oh my god, I don't know how people, like... How how do you go through that without your bullshit detector just being like... What? So the government... (laughs) Killed a bunch of kids to ban guns, but they weren't really killed. They were actually right, but yeah, actors. but they're actors. But the, and then they try then in like a victory lap, they tried them out on national TV, to, right, to make fun of the American public. It just I don't know how I don't know how that's supposed to work. I mean, I'm just I'm glad that this guy is gonna be put on trial because all this stuff is in discovery. Like they have to look into all of those emails and stuff and it's like we get to hear now like the behind the scenes banter about like how he he does what he does and it's it's really interesting and I hope that a lot of people that like still listen to what he says as if it's gospel sort of like begrudgingly watch this like to see their their hero defend himself and then are like wait what the fuck <laughs> yeah they still give, they still give him money that's kind of how he's staying afloat yeah it's crazy not dude. by much by the way but still going right well i mean i remember back when i was still listening to him and he was like investing in his like studio and like hiring people and like he'd be talking about the equipment he's buying and stuff and i'd just be like damn this guy's got a full-on fucking like state-of-the-art production studio down in texas like this is awesome like good for this guy like this is this is the like the cutting edge of news media and like just to see how how broken that train ended up being like 10 years later you got all this power all this talent this is what you do with it yeah dude like 2010 2011 alex jones was like a media personality that seemed like a underdog kind of guy, like that was fighting for like work and stiffs or whatever. I mean, that that was the tone that he was dragging, and like it was an interesting time for talk radio, as we've discussed many times. Like satellite radio was on its way out, podcasting was just starting to become like culturally relevant, yeah. although it had been around for a long time at that point, and like it. And as more people, like, developed uh, podcasting in the political sphere, like, so many people do it better than Alex Jones did. And, like, he kind of bridges the gap from AM radio to um, to podcasting in the same way that, like, Coast to Coast AM kind of does, where it's, like, the dinosaurs kind of moved over to, or, like, even guys like Dan Carlin like, moved over from radio to podcasting, self-produced, became, you know, pretty pretty relevant and, and put out good content. And then you see that, like, again, Dan Carlin's an interesting counterpoint to Alex Jones, where, like, Dan Carlin is very, very, very invested in, like, being accurate and 
like not using hyperbole to explain his his analysis. Whereas Alex Jones would stand there with just like printouts all over his desk to make it look as if he was just diving into all these facts. But it's like he would get distracted and start yelling about shit and like have fragmented arguments and he he would just talk for hours and hours and hours on his show and like repeat his points but never really divulge how he was like like coming up with his arguments kind of like this show (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean we're not going according to the script at all here i mean i know you have an elaborate time stamp script here that you handed me before this and words that i'm not supposed to say like fuck but i just i don't like rules dude fuck you you're not my mom uh, here's a twist, man. I actually am. How'd that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had to let you know since it's Father's Day. Yeah, exactly. On the on the recording date of this episode, it's Father's Day. You and your dad have a lot to talk about tonight. <laughs> Do this bombshell. It'll be the talk of the dinner table. Uh, Alex uh, Jones. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you back on, Zach. Hello. Yeah, please don't ever leave again. If if not to save the world, but to save my sanity. I've secretly been here the whole time, just slacking. No, I swear, if there's ever like a big gap like this, I know it's that shit's going down. Even if I can't get you on, I will get like a Zach Elmblad impersonator and like hope it works. Right, Vladimir versus Vladimir. It's not 2022. Oh, we have we don't have Zach Elmblad on, but we have Ek Zamblad. <laughs> <laughs> The imposter. The bearded imposter. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I am sporting an Alex Jones beard. I <laughs> know. Uh, he's got, like, the more lush beard going It's on. more lush, yeah. Mine's, like, halfway between, like, homeless on the long end and, like, three-day bender <laughs> shadow. Yeah, I get that I get that shit every week if I don't shave. Yeah, dude, it happens like, fast. The damn shit just grows right out of your yeah. face. It's un- uh, unfucking believable. How fast does your facial hair grow? I mean, I was cleanly shaven on like Tuesday, probably. So. Oh, uh, mine grows back really fast too. Mm-hmm. I think like two or three days actually, I could kind of have what you got. Mm-hmm. Shag the shagness. Yeah. I went kayaking on Tuesday and overnight on into Wednesday and then I just decided not to shave on Thursday and Friday and then I started to look pretty gross so I cleaned up my neck and shaved my head but then I like cut my head and yeah yeah you got a lot of cuts going on yeah man I've just been cutting my head I'm not really paying a lot of attention when I shave my head these days <laughs> did you do it to see if you still feel I never feel <laughs> focus on the pain the only thing that's real. <laughs> like, I'm just like shaving the back of my head and then I look at my hand and there's blood all over it and I'm like damn I guess I cut myself again better get the uh, styptic pencil uh, off oh is that that one problem you talked about one time you I got them too but like these dimples stuff. sometimes yeah it's skin tags yeah, or like tags. facial imperfections or whatever but sometimes nah dude like this there's one over here on the left side of my head that like I just caught the scalp at the wrong angle and it uh, just like filleted a section of skin off my head like Dude. Shaving your head every other day is laborious. I've been doing it for like six years now. And man, it's easy to screw up. It's easy to cut yourself. You can't see back there. 
Your eyes are on the other side. Uh, that's why I stick to this kind of do right mm. here. I'm just so male pattern balded. Uh, <laughs> it just looks dumb if I like let my hair shag out. It like makes little wispy things on the side, and like yeah, I just look, can't look. At least you're not like doing the comb over stuff. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I had do douche, that ridiculous. I had douchebag at my job who did that shit. Mm. It was just so obvious. It's like, dude, stop. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's almost disgraceful. Like, just just buzz it so that everybody knows that you got the pattern or whatever, or shave it or something. Like, wear a wig if you're really that insecure about it. Or like, wear a hat. <laughs> a hat. A hat, hat works. A hat or two. That works. Yeah, there are many versatile hats for all social situations. You know, wear two hats. Bring back the hat. You know, people wear two condoms. Wear two hats. Yeah. <laughs> Double wrap. Double wrap your Jimmy hat. Well, actually, uh, think of things I wanted to talk about. And mm-hmm. one thing I want to talk to you about is uh, camping because uh, mm-hmm. you're going back on it. Yeah. And you you went on what what two recent adventures? Yeah, I went on a like 14 mile hike on the North Country Trail over Memorial Day weekend, and then I went yeah, that, on the two day. Saw some pictures trip. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go over them because I would like to talk about this. Yeah, so my buddy Kevin um, linked up with a, a couple of people that he knew that wanted to kind of get their feet wet and doing some, like, point-to-point overland hiking, like, self-supported. And they had a lot of hiking experience, but kind of just, like, day hikes and, and mountain hikes and, like, base camp-type hikes where you wouldn't be carrying a full pack. So we kind of talked about like packing theory and like base weight and like how much, how much food and water you want to carry day to day and how you would resupply on a long distance trip. And so, you know, we had fun. They, they made fires and, um, used a flint and steel and we were digging foxholes to shit in and like, you know, basic backcountry camp. Oh, you stuff. You dig holes to shit? Yeah, dude, Definitely. Yeah, I mean, other options, like, depending on, like, managing your own waste in the in the wilderness is a consideration for, a, like, a leave-no-trace camping ethos. So, like, if you're in an alpine area, you wouldn't usually bury it. You would, like, shit in a plastic bag and then hike it out with you. Um, I don't, I feel like a lot of oh, people don't do that. Oh, God, they do, like, what they're, what they do with their dogs, like, they'll wrap it up in the place. Yeah, in a little bag, yeah. Yeah, exactly, like, leave it there, but, like, I mean, around here, like, you just kind of go, like, a couple hundred feet away from camp and dig, like, a six-inch hole and, like, shit in it, and then, like, use your toilet paper or whatever and then bury it all, so that way, like, Just toilet paper, not, like, the wipes or anything, right? I mean, biodegradable wipes are fine, like... Do they degrade? They make biodegradable wipes. Uh, okay, because I always hear about, you know, don't flush them down the toilet or else. Well, they yeah. Clog. They, clog be, they clog the pipes because they get caught on junctions and stuff and in, in um, like, T-junctions. Not necessarily because they don't biodegrade, yeah. but it takes a couple of years. It's not like it just dissolves. Yeah, I, I think they're called fat boys or something. <laughs> I don't know. And they're... I think it's a mixture of that and grease mainly. Like, people just pour grease down drains. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about, like, the 
the big clogs in yeah. the in the sewer systems yeah. that happen in like New York and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's it happens, usually it hair, those flushing wipes yeah. and oil. Yeah. It happens in England and that because they got ancient plumbing there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, a couple of years ago in Grand Rapids, we had a problem like that. That's funny. I don't know. It's nice to wipe your asshole with like something that makes it feel sparkling clean. Something that actually cleans it. Yeah, I mean. I feel like the bidet is the quality choice there, but like, I mean, it's kind of hard. If you think about toilet paper, you're literally just wiping it with dry paper. Yeah, that's clean. Yeah, dude. Like, I remember seeing this video once, and it's like, it was probably an advertisement for a wipe, but it's like they smeared chocolate on their arm and then rubbed it off (laughs) with a paper towel, and there's just like chocolate streak all left over. It's like, well, you wouldn't use it to clean up chocolate, but, but. You do use it to clean up your own asshole. It's like, well, is, is this try a, this wipe. Is this a, like one of those cartoon commercials with the bears? Probably, dude. <laughs> Probably. God. Yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a great meme. One time that show like them distorted and it says, "We love shitting." Yeah, dude, we're definitely talking about shitting, like and shitting theory and convenience here on this podcast. Like, this is a shitty podcast. Yeah, you see, even though we do love him, that's why Steve Wallace, the stealth camper from Canada, yeah, somewhat of a poser because he always notes like, oh, good, there's a portage on here. There's a bathroom here. You know, real campers would see fear listening. Real stealth campers would shit in a hole. Most of the time you <laughs> need to shit in a hole. No, wait, wait, no. Campers, stealth campers would just... Shit in the corner, the (laughs) (laughs) the smell. You don't shit in your own backyard, huh? Okay, so the this camping trip was just a hike, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures. You went through the forest, went through some. uh, I don't urban areas, no populated areas. Kind of. I mean. Basically, we went from White Cloud to Baldwin, um, and so we ended just west of Baldwin on US-10, um, which is like 14 and a half miles or something like that. And so we were like nearby towns, but throughout the hike, we did not go through a populated area. There was like a couple of lakes that we went by, it followed the Pere Marquette River for a while there. Um, it was a nice little hike. It was good. It was good. Lots, lots of water access. Um, the trail's well marked. Not too many deviations or anything like that. It stuck to the maps pretty well. Yeah, the I'm. I want to start getting on the North Country Trail a little bit more. Like we've talked many times about how I enjoyed my time on the Appalachian Trail, but the thing about the North Country Trail is it's a little less developed, and it like it needs to be popularized a, a little bit more and. I feel like the more I section hike it and, like, encourage others to to section hike it, like, the more people will be interested in in doing trail management and stuff. It's it's pretty extensive through the the Manistee National Forest now. Huh, does that take... You think that takes away the magic, though, getting more people on there? No, man, it doesn't. Like, that's part of what the magic of the Appalachian Trail is, is because so many people do it that, like, the nearby townsfolk kind of, like, know why people would be doing that, and, like, they're more 
more have a, a larger tendency to help and like <coughs> the local communities like it because people come through and spend money and tell interesting stories and inspire people so i feel like there is the downside of like the assholes that leave trash everywhere but then you like i i always carry a trash bag and just pick up those douchebags trash like that's part of the thing like if the the more and more you get into backpacking like the more and more you want to be like a steward of of nature right like you want to show people like what it's like to to hike through the woods like that like not just to to go on a nature walk but to like put a backpack on and like find a place to camp like to choose a site properly to set it up in a leave no trace way so that like when you leave people will walk through that area and not even know that you camped at it. And like, that's kind of the way Kevin and I always approached backpacking and camping was like, we wanted to leave as little impact as possible on the environment that we were in because like we were there to enjoy it, like to look at the leaves and trees and like the hills and the animals and listen to the sounds and like just see what there was to see. And it's like, if you go through and you're leaving you know, fucking cans of sardines and like beef jerky, jerky tops and like the, the desiccant packs and and oxygen packs from like freeze dried meals and stuff like that. Like it, it always sucks to be just like walking down this gorgeous chunk of trail and just see like a big bright red Jack links top from someone who's like, Oh, I have a snack. Like, Come on, man. Like, pick up your fucking shit. Like, it's the same thing. People throwing trash out their windows while you're driving down the road. It's like, dude, this isn't your fucking house. What are you doing? Dude, I've written many of haiku where uh, one of the things I always notice is some plastic monstrosity in, like, the middle of this pristine forest, like, Mm -hmm. stuck stuck between some rocks in the river. Right, here's a Bud Light can. Or, look, yeah, actually... A big uh, gulp. Actually, I did write a poem called Back to Blamford that I'm editing, and, uh, I'm per- and I plan on uh, hopefully having published next month, because I'm trying to get more stuff published, and mm-hmm. I'll get to that later, but um, mm-hmm. it's about my favorite place to nature walk called Blamford Nature Center Okay. in Walker, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in my favorite spot, and there's this fucking uh, Swisher bag. <laughs> yeah, it's just there, and... Uh, you know, the snow melted and revealed it. Yeah, part of this poem that is that I'm lamenting the upcoming climate apocalypse because mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in that. I try not to be like, a, I try not to be a fanatic about it, but sometimes, you know. Dude, those uh, reservoir levels at Lake Mead are certainly concerning. Yeah, it's very concerning what's <laughs> happening out west right now. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, one thing I note in that poem is that when the climate apocalypse happens and, you know, you know, a lot, you know the, the population lands decimated, everything's irradiated, you know, there's fallout level monstrosities everywhere. <laughs> Guess what? This fucking Swisher bag will still be floating around, no problem. Yeah. Everything's destroyed but these fucking classic shit. <laughs> My old roommate, Kenny. I think we've talked about Kenny. Oh, we have. We we have talked about Kenny many a time. The first, like... Former bandmate in Three Mile Island. Yeah. Very appropriate name, by the way. Um, He 
he saved like the first 300 or so blunt wraps that he purchased and he had intended at one point to like decorate his entire bedroom with blunt wrapper like swisher boxes oh, and God damn it. what was it? I think it was Nate Dog had <laughs> had like a, a brand of blunt wraps out oh. that were flavored. Oh yeah, that Nate were Dog. like very, two packs. Very famous for <laughs> both his love of blunts and for his being an excellent singer rapper. Yeah, like really good, not like Drake or Kid Cudi stuff, but actual good singer rapper. Yeah, dude. Rest in peace, Nate Dog. Rip. Rip Nate Dog and your delicious blunts. No longer yeah. available in stores. <laughs> Don't worry, there's plenty of Snoop Dogg shit that you could probably. <laughs> uh, you know that last podcast on the left has their own weed now? Yeah, yeah. Or at least vape cartridges, I think. Yeah, when I was up in my. Last time I was up in Alpina, we have a weed shop there finally. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were going to go start doing wreck like the week after I left. Okay. So I just asked, so, so like we are giving a tour of it, you know, with my mom who's like still anxious because even though it's legal and she knows a lot of stuff surrounding weed is bullshit, mm-hmm. she's still like really nervous to be around it. So I asked, one of the things I asked him like, hey, you got like last podcast on the left brand? Oh, what's that? I had explained to them. <laughs> like, okay, we'll look into ordering it. <laughs> I wonder if you can get it outside of California. Uh, probably. They, they even say in their commercials, you know, like, ask your local store to stock it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to nature trails and shit. Yeah, hiking trails. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm still into nature walking. You mm-hmm. know, I, I haven't gone, like, full backpacker yet. But, uh, yeah, I'm still kind of up there when it comes to trails, like... Honestly, I go to well-known stuff like Lamford, but I still have a very... I still, like, really try to seek out places that aren't as popular or that aren't as taken care of, you could say. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's more wild yeah. and less people. You kind of got that feel to it. Yeah. Which I did the my Memorial Day weekend. I spent in Saugatuck, and I hiked two different trails. One popular, one not so popular. I went to a Sogtuck Dune State Park. Okay. The popular one. Like, you have to pay to get into it. Mm-hmm. And, wow, uh, I had a good time going through there. The Parks Pass doesn't pay for that? Uh, well, yeah, well, yeah you got to pay for, like, a Park Pass or if you get one on your car. Okay, well, yeah, so it, yeah. it is paid re- regardless, yeah. but... Yeah, it's... Okay, I get it. Uh, Oh, it's Saugata State Park. That's Dune State Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, very beautiful around there. Uh, went, went all the way to Lake Michigan. And uh, and uh, that's where the problem started for me. Because uh, I was wearing some pants. And they had like a little hole at the between the legs. Mm-hmm. Now they're about to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was walking along the lake, I noticed a baby turtle. Oh. I was like, aww. And then I poked it with a stick. I'm like, oh, it's dead. Oh. But I decided to pick up and take a picture of it, which I did. Mm-hmm. But then I bent down, ripped. No, oh, no. Ripped my, probably one of the biggest pants rips I have ever experienced. <laughs> and uh, it was so bad, in fact, like, it ripped all the way up to the bottom here. So you, up to the front here where you can, like, see half my 
half my right leg, <laughs> and then behind you can see like half my buttocks. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, Perfect I bought right. my sweatshirt, so like I had to like move my sweatshirt so that uh, it like covered that part. Because I know it's on the beach. There's both a lot of kids and uh, a lot of guys with Trump hats around, mm, which I'm yeah. like. Right, that's just what I need to, like, be walking there with, like, my pants torn open. Trying <laughs> these fucking QAnon Save the Children types. Right. right. I see that man's underwear, Dad. He's grooming my child. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> I bet he's trans. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... Who wears hot pink floral print underwear anyway? <laughs> no, luckily, I, I just wear exclusively black underwear. Quality choice. Yeah, quality choice. Mm-hmm. Amish. It, no, it covers up a lot of stains, as I've discovered. Yeah, man. Even ones Except you don't... the white, crusty ones. Actually, it does. <laughs> it does. Perfect. Like, you would have to look really close in order to see it. <laughs> the magnifying glass level. Like, hmm. <laughs> Let's inspect this mystery stain. <laughs> What's that These I mystery see? mystery underwear mm. stains. <laughs> it's sweat, I swear. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so, uh, so I try to enjoy, enjoy it despite, you know, the big rip in my pants. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, well, this is what, this is what, and I guess this is where it comes to, uh, the point where I say about too many people. Because, holy shit, there was just so many people on the trail there that, mm. you know, they weren't polluting or anything, which was nice, but it's kind of hard to, like, get into the nature where you just have screaming children. Yeah, the solitude factor is important for me. Like, anytime you're hiking more than two or three miles, like, the the likelihood that you're going to run into other people that suck is pretty low. So, like, you will run into other people on trails, but it's, like, at a certain point, like, at a certain level of difficulty or or a certain distance, um, you don't really tend to run into the, the... poorly behaved kids or the like shitty people yeah usually it's just like hey how's it going like how's the trail oh not too bad couple of hills bit of rocks like you know everybody's usually pretty friendly and stays out of each other's hair oh yeah i i didn't have any problems with them but mm-hmm. it was like <sighs> i get what you mean yeah it yeah. gets crowded you got to walk around people yeah the, the river's kind of the same way like, you get on a, a crowded chunk of river with a bunch of tubers and stuff, it kind of gets really frustrating to be a paddler where, like, everybody's just, like, completely drunk, and they're yeah, like, they're Kelly, cool. where's my shoe? And you're like, fuck, get out of the way, dude. We're coming across, like, a strainer or something like that. Like, yeah. I got to paddle around you. Yeah, these are, like, the party-type people. Yeah. College guys. Mm-hmm. They're just, like, banging hams on yeah, river. dude. Oh, yeah. The Bud Light cans just like. Oh, but, oh excuse me. Bud Light. Yeah, they tip their fuck, sun dolphin fucking, kayak. Yeah fucking, yeah, fucking normies. But, uh. Yeah, so. So, yeah, I did, uh. Then, to top it all off, I got lost. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, my pants are ripped the entire time. So, uh. So I got lost, and then I actually went to, like, a this golf field area that they got there. Mm-hmm. So I go back up and like, I'm looking at my shitty map because, uh, God, I'm sorry, but a lot of maps from nature areas are fucking awful. Yeah, they really are. Like the, the only worst type I can find that are worse than that are 
cemetery maps. Mm. Like they're they're even worse. But mm-hmm. uh, so I get up there, and like I'm looking at the signs, trying to like determine which way to go. And this family with like this old lady comes up, like, "Oh, hello, how are you doing?" Like, "Oh, good, just trying to find my way." Oh, you're lost? Like, yeah, a little bit. Then I show her like on the map where I want to go. Then she says, like, oh, you're supposed to go that way. It was the way that I just came back from. Hmm. Like, uh, no, that's, I was just there. That's not the way I want to go. I want to go here. I think I have to go there. She glares at me. Well, I think you need to go back this way. <laughs> me, and this, me and this woman have this back and forth. I'm like, no, no, I went down this way. It's the wrong way. I need to go here. Well, if you went back this way, I'm sure you'll get there. I'm like, you fucking old hag, I am not arguing this point with you anymore. Did you ever find it? Yeah, I did, actually. Okay. I mean, I'm here today, so I did find it. Right. Oh, well, I thought maybe that your, point. <laughs> your, your clone was just wandering there still. How you know about that? <laughs> no, that clone also ripped his pants, and he distracted them, distracted the MAGA dads away from me. <laughs> but uh, Attack with fart gas. Attack, attack with pants rip. <laughs> He's grooming our children. <laughs> pants rip counter. Alright, so that was Sog Tuck State Park. Good place to check out. A lot of people, but we expected the state park. Mm-hmm. Then I went to another place called Wade's Nature Reserve. Okay. And this is the more place I, that I like right now. Like, it's more off the beaten path. There's no one there when I went there. And it's more wild. You know, it's not as kept up. Mm-hmm. The only problem, though, is that, uh, huh. there's another thing I discovered with my trail walking, is that there are some trails that are better in the summer, then there are some that are better in the winter. Definitely. This one is probably going to be in the better in the winter part, because, holy shit, did I get eaten up there. Oh, yeah. Even with, even with bug spray, like, cover over me, I still got eaten up. Yeah, man. Oh, the ticks were really bad this year. I had so many fucking ticks on me after I went on that hike Memorial Day. Oh, jeez, dude. Yeah. Like, all, like, we were all just picking them off each other the whole weekend. And then when I got home, there was, like, one on my chest, one in my back, like, a couple in my clothes. Like, I had to kill so many stupid-ass ticks. I hate them. Uh, I'm going to make you really mad right now. (laughs) Why is that? I have never had a problem with ticks. Uh, I, to my knowledge, I've never been bitten by one. I've never had to pick one off. They're nasty little shits, man. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Even my dad's gotten, like, bit by them. Yeah, like, they'll drop off trees onto you, all sorts of shit. Yeah. That's never happened to me. Like, I don't know why. Like, it didn't happen to me for years and years and years, and then it seemed like maybe four or five years ago I started spotting them, and I'm like, holy shit, that's a tick. And, yeah. My biggest fear with that is that I guess they... I, God, I don't know how accurate this is, but they claim that sometimes they bite you, like, somehow they will re- rearrange your DNA so that you're allergic to meats. Yeah, there's, well, Lyme, Lyme disease is more prevalent, but yeah, there's a bunch of weird shit. So, like, they excrete some type of, like, saliva or something while they're attaching yeah, to it's you. Like, yeah, it's like mosquitoes to, like, numb you. Yeah, yeah, same same concept. And then they, like, stick their little head into you and, like, put these little proboscis out. Like, it's, it's pretty fucking horrific, dude. 
Like, they're nasty little bastards. And then they swell up with your blood, and, like, during that process, they, like, regurgitate waste into your, your bloodstream and shit like that. And, like, it's just an, a nasty yeah. little fucking thing. Yeah, and then when you want your hamburger, you start sneezing. <laughs> no, that's not how it works, but, uh... God, that just filled me with fear, because I love eating meats. I also enjoy meat. God, I can't imagine, like... Try to eat a steak and then just projectile vomit. Right, I, mean, like, I hate this. Because some random bug in a forest like made me this way. Yeah. Speaking of mosquitoes, now all my fucking mosquito bites are itching. Now that oh uh, god, that happens to <laughs> too. Yeah. I only ever another thing I really lucked out on. I'm thankful for is that I've never had, I've never caught bed bugs. Oh yeah, me. In all my Jesus. travels, I've always been That's, really fucking paranoid about that. Yeah, shit. yeah, well, it's never happened to me, but. But a few times where I've been paranoid about it, and it would, like, make me itch and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. You get freaked out about bugs. Yeah, yeah like, bugs. Like, you're, bugs. Like, you, like, you're just laying, like, you're just laying there in your bed your hotel with, like, all white sheets. Mm. And you see, like, a little black thing there. It turns out it's just, like, lint or something. Yeah, just but a you think sock lint. But you think it's a bug and you start itching everywhere. Oh yeah, dude, I know. Oh, when we were we were staying in New Mexico once at some like shitty motel and like I was in the sink to like brush my teeth and I looked down and some fucking scorpions caught like crawled right out of the fucking like drain. And I was like, that is a scorpion and I'm like washing it back down. I'm like, Get back down there, you little fucker. This is New Mexico. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the New Mexico, not the old Mexico. Not like, old Mexico, like, like the, what, the foreign like, country. Yeah, like what most people would think. <laughs> no. This kind of shit would happen. Santa Fe, no, not Santa Fe. Albuquerque. It was a Motel 6 in Albuquerque. Fucking <laughs> scorpions crawling out of the sink. See, with shit like that, it makes you wonder why Bugs Bunny keeps wanting to go there. <laughs> Maybe it's good that he missed that left turn so many goddamn times. <laughs> Dude, fucking Albuquerque is the weirdest-ass place. Like, those western towns have, like, like these, like, trenches off of the highway where, like, businesses are. So it's, like, instead of having, like, a main drag through town, like, division in Grand Rapids or, like, East Beltline or something like that. It's, like, you have a major interstate and then, like, an alleyway on the side of the interstate that has a bunch of exits, and that's where all the, like, Walmart's there and, like, Shell and BP and shit, like, fucking Five Guys, McDonald's, like, uh, Subway, all, you uh, know, the uh, standard American like copy-paste yeah, city center yeah, thing. You, yeah, you know that meme where it says, like, and they say America doesn't have culture. And it just shows, like, <laughs> this place filled with, like, a highway and, and gas station. Right, yeah, and dude, shit. loves. Yeah, loves. Yeah, loves and, and Pilot and a Subway and a yeah. Wendy's. Yeah, it's like, this is American culture right, right Chick-fil-A. Here. Just your worst goddamn nightmare come true. <laughs> Fucking dystopia. Yeah, here's six miles of car dealerships. <laughs> dollar generals. Oh yeah, the dollar generals <laughs> that pepper the landscape. That's true as well. Cheap candy and Doritos. <laughs> Still can't believe Dollar Tree to Dollar Twenty Five now. Fucking bullshit. Inflation, man. Even that Arizona iced tea hit up their price. I heard that. Same thing. Now you now it's time I say that and Dollar Tree upping their price. Yeah, now it's time to get worried. The Costco hot dog. 
that's when it's worrying time. When the Costco hot dog becomes a dollar seventy-five, that's when we all oh. need to melt down. Oh God, we should have seen the warning signs with Circle K sushi. <laughs> <laughs> nice warm Circle K sushi. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, there's a tuna patina. God, there's a fucking meme that showed like a guy got a hot dog somewhere. Instead of like putting in a napkin or one of like those holder things, mm. he just had the dog, he just had it on the counter. Ah! <laughs> no. Like, dog, dude, no. It's like, dude, how can you raw dog like that? <laughs> raw dog. <laughs> <laughs> put your fucking hot dog on the counter. Oh, God, do you know how many nasty kids put their hands on that? Oof. Uff, butt crack itchers, just fucking smearing their fecal material all over. Oh, you're talking about, uh, COVID idiots? No. God damn it, I fucked up the joke. What's that one place across from Fourth Coast? Oh, Carousel? No, the, 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 the shop there. Crazy Monkey? No, the clothes. West Vine Shop. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, we always called it the Carousel, but it's oh. it's uh, Southwest Inch Market. Yeah, Southwest Inch Market. God, if I didn't fuck up that joke, I would have been like, all after your description there, like, oh, Southwest Inch Market, you mean? <laughs> and I think for a while it was called Malik's. Like the guy that named that owns it is named Malik, uh, or did own it. I don't know. That place changes hands a lot. You Do never they, really know. They still have their liquor license. I believe so. At least beer and wine. Okay. Yeah. God. I miss just, the just, fried chicken. That's uh, a part of my childhood that I'll never get back, dude. That's one of those flavors that you crave that you never get to taste yeah. again. It's like when they got rid of all of their deep fryers, I'm like, dude, that over-fried, partially rotten chicken Shh. with so much lemon pepper that you sneeze. Ah, oh, I miss it. I miss it. It's part of the like vintage Vine neighborhood living. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm missing now because <clears throat> the chain completely went out of business. Hmm. Menas joint. Mm, yeah. yeah. It completely went yeah. out of business. Rip Menas. That sucks. I really yeah. like their uh, breakfast Mena and their chicken cheddar Mena and mushrooms to that. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good greasy flat yeah. top grill burrito fillings in there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It, it sure really went out of business, I think, after Dave Matthews Band performed in Grand Rapids. Like shortly afterwards, it went hmm. out of business. Then the one Allendale shut down. Then the Lansing shame. one as well. Yep, all shut oh, down. Man. What a shame. Yeah, clear. Clearly, another victim of both China and Joe Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, <laughs> thanks, it's all their fault. I did this. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Southwest's market. Mm. I still remember that when, like, I guess apparently the. In the early 2010s, the white guy that used to run the counter there. Rat. Yeah. Well, you know his name. Well, his name is Brian, but everybody called him Rat, yeah. Why do they call him Rat? Because he was rat-like. I mean, it was meeting the guy. You know why he's called fucking Rat. (laughs) Because he looks like a guy named Rat. That's why. He's got, like, six teeth. Fucking his hair looks rat-like. It's, like, gray, brown, blonde, blue, green. You're like, what the fuck color is that anyway? It's always under a trucker hat. He always mysteriously smelled like, I don't don't know, rat? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. He was a good person, man. He really was. Poor guy. He committed suicide in in a house on Rainy. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. It was really sad. Oh. Yeah. Well, during better times, Rat, I suppose it was, used to run the Facebook page for Southwest Edge Market. <laughs> and he'd post stuff like, you know, <laughs> it's a beautiful day at Southwest Edge Market. How about you come down and get some grape soda? How about some plums? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys were always really nice, man. I went in there every day for years and years and years. There was a kid my age that was, like, the son of the owner, and he was always in there in, like, sweatpants, just, like, frying shit up. And, like, he was really nice, and he'd always be like, lemon pepper? And you're like, fuck yeah, dude, give me that lemon pepper. No, he'd say, seasoning? And you're like, yeah, give me the seasoning. And then you look and you realize it's just a big GFS thing of fucking lemon pepper. You're like, these guys got me. <laughs> Anybody can yeah. make batter and fried chicken and pour some lemon pepper on it and call it a special recipe. But it was good, dude. Get some ranch, some fucking barbecue. Yeah. Dip those big ass chicken tendies in that shit. <laughs> Take away any nasty hangover. Oh, chicken tendies, you say, baby Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> I need my tendies, man. It's all about the tendies. The casino tendies are dank. Go out to fire firekeepers and get yourself some fucking chicken tenders. <laughs> uh, Southwest Market doesn't do it anymore, so you might as well go to Bell Creek and get yours. Right? Yeah, drive all the way. Fuck gas. <laughs> okay, back to what I was saying. The second place I went to... <laughs> oh, jeez. second place I went to is called Waste Nature Reserve in mm-hmm. Talk. Much more out there... Not as popular, way more wild. No tendies. Yeah, no no chicken tendies, surprisingly. <laughs> no purple soda, no blunts. No slushies, even. Yeah, so went out there, got eaten the fuck up, which sucked. Not even a cooler full of warm PBRs. Nope. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. But you know what they did have back there that was cool, though? Hmm. A, a captain. Oh, cool. Yeah, because uh, I guess... The guy, Wade, like, came down from the UP, you know, way back in the day, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, they bought his cabin down, like, reconstructed it in this area, I guess. And yeah, anyone could go in it. There's, like, no door, no windows on there. So, first I was thinking, like, mm-hmm. oh, great, there's either an animal or some crazy person in there. Nope. Nope, there wasn't any of that, but there mm-hmm. were... Stuff like toys and chalk and whatnot for kids and, like, Boy Scout troops and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool, you yeah. know, they had there. And I will say about Wade's Nature Reserve is that it's very wild, like I said, which has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But despite that, it's one of the most well-marked trails I've ever been on. Like, hmm. you know how, like, like I said, most trail maps are awful. Yeah, and uh, no, you look at it, you're like fucking Bugs Bunny. You're like, did I should have taken that left turn, Albuquerque? <laughs> no, this this trail had like every few feet a fucking marker with like a certain color. Like, okay, blue goes this way, red goes that way. And yeah, it was. I was actually shocked. I'm like, wow, for a place that's really unkempt, they sure got a lot of trail markers. That's good. Yeah, so I went there, and I'll probably return, like I said, in the winter or fall, maybe, when things start to die again. Yeah. 
Because, like I so said, one of those where it's like, I'll probably enjoy this more in the winter when there's not so many bugs. In. Yeah, I think, like, a good crisp September morning is my favorite time to hike. Like, when it's not too cold yet, but, like, most of the bugs have started to go away and the vegetation is starting to recede a little bit and your, like, lines of sight get better, things start to color up. Like, especially in, in Michigan, that's probably my favorite time to hike, like... One could say spring, like when the wildflowers start to bloom and like the um, uh, daffodils and daisies and shit start coming up. Um, or like when there's good berry patches around, like there's a lot of wild strawberries and blueberries around here on nature trails. Oh, the, oh that's one of my favorite things to do now is uh, take pictures of like plants and vegetation that I have no clue what it is. It looks mm-hmm. interesting. Then I post the picture and I tag a Facebook friend of mine named Luca who's like I I don't know what what their job is or if it's just an interest but they know a lot about vegetation and plants plant identification and and the, is a hobby man yeah and they always post about it like that's the majority of their posts in fact that's cool so I just like tag him and see tag them and like test their knowledge like Luca what is this that's perfect though <laughs> I mean the plant identification is tough man there's so many yeah. different there's plants that look similar but aren't the same and like all that i just know berries like give me a good mulberry tree or like a uh like blackberry bush i'm just out there snacking dog i don't care oh god <laughs> everyone's like dogs piss on that i'm like it makes it better <laughs> <laughs> hey, some I, ammonia I've, in the fertilizer hey, i've back in the day i read the hatchet series by gary paulson that, <laughs> and Brian ate a lot of berries when he was surviving. Somehow he didn't get poisoned. No. Yeah, so, so yeah, I got you know, up to the point where I, like, I exited onto the main road. Mm-hmm. But then I went back into it because uh, for the second time ever in my life, I saw an owl. Oh, cool. And I saw it flying, and I was like, holy shit, and I just... Immediately dashed back into the forest trying to get a picture of it. Hell yeah. Dude, I saw two bald eagles on the river the other day. Nice. It was majestic. Nice. Yeah. And an osprey. And a couple blue herons. Bunch of turtles. Mm-hmm. A lot of animals. A lot of deer. Yeah. One thing I love, love about Blanford Nature Center, I always see at least one deer while I'm there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, They're sometime- real dumb. Yeah, Dumb some fucking bastards. I hate this. <laughs> oh wow, get a Louis C.K. on me here when it comes to deer, right? It's fucking deer, man. <laughs> no, he he has a really offensive bit about deer where he calls them both the F word and the N word. Oh wow. Yeah, this was way before he started jacking off for people and got canceled. Don't know how this did cancel him, but somehow it did. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I. That's my suggestion to people. Ways Nature Reserve, check it out. It's very wild. Cool. And uh, nearly an hour in, and uh, I believe it's time for a commercial break. Break it up. We'll be right back. <clears throat> Hello. I am Jeffrey F.C. <laughs> and uh, in case you all don't know, I've been dead for a while. And and despite the awful way that went out, you know, when Courtney Love came in and murdered me, 
Uh, I have to say, heaven's pretty awesome. Did you know that in heaven, they let anyone in? Yeah, God and Jesus truly love and forgive everyone. So, you know, I've just been up here chilling. It's been fun. You know, I've been making out a lot with Adolf Hitler. He's a really good kisser. You know, uh, I have to say, though, Gilbert Gottfried, he is very annoying. I wish he would stop hating on me. It's like, bro, come on. We're all dead here. We're all equal. Come on, just join on the phone, Gilbert Gottfried. Have a three-way with me, Jeffrey Epstein, and Adolf Hitler. But you know what I listen to here in heaven? Between uh, my, sexual, my sexual escapades with uh, dictators and dead comedians? I listen to the Garrett Schalke podcast. Yes, yeah, the Garrett Schalke podcast, where uh, Garrett Schalke talks about his, uh, his adventures, his troubles, his interests... With a variety of guests, from musicians, to personal friends, to artists, to writers. <clears throat> and, you know, it's it's just great, folks. It's hard for me to describe how great this podcast is. And you know what? Everyone else in heaven loves it. Mao loves it. Stalin loves it. Uh, who just recently died there, Adolf? Oh, wow, that's a lot of people that recently died. Uh, I won't name them. And even better yet, you know what the Garrett Schalke podcast is on now? It's on Podbean. Don't ask me how it got on there. I didn't do anything. I didn't pull any strings to get get on Podbean. I, Jeffrey Epstein, the biggest fan of the Garrett Schalke podcast ever. But yeah, you can find it on Podbean. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Anchor. Find it everywhere. I, Jeffrey Epstein highly suggest that you listen to the Garrett Shelby podcast. Now, if you excuse me, I have to go have sex again with Adolf Hitler. Bye-bye. Okay, we are back, and, uh, damn, what a great commercial that was yeah something yeah. about equal opportunity pansexual heaven yeah uh <laughs> yeah another thing you missed while while you were gone from the podcast sack is that i've been getting since i've started this new season just getting a shit ton of endorsements <laughs> from celebrities to fictional characters and now dead people you have posthumous and endorsements yeah. and you know i i was a little bit on the on this one because it's Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. I was actually shocked beyond words. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> listens to the Garrett Schalke podcast and watch other people listen to it. Well-known philanthropist. Yep. That and that only. <laughs> uh, but I decided to run it because uh, the people need, need to hear it. <laughs> Plus, really, at this, it, it really does make me wonder. If it's if what he and Gilbert Goffrey say are true, and that God will allow anyone to heaven, who the fuck is going to hell? I think they call that the upside down now. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm sure down the line, uh, I, for all I know, I'll get endorsement from hell somewhere. Could be. I mean, there's the lords of hell and princes of hell to to seek endorsements from. I mean, I'll accept them too. Like Beelzebub. At this point in my career, I will accept any endorsement 
<laughs> even Beelzebub. Yep. Even Jeffrey. Lord of Flies. Yep. Him, Jeffrey Epstein. I'm cool with it all. <laughs> you know, just something that will get my podcast numbers up. It'll get one more listener on Spotify. Karanzan. I think that's a Prince of Hell, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the guy, that's the demon that Aleister Crawley also summoned the desert, and him and Victor Neuenberg had a butt sex too. <laughs> Perfect. All in pansexual equal opportunity heaven. <laughs> yep. And they all love the Garrett Schalke podcast. They certainly folks. seem to. And just as Jeffrey Epstein said, for, I don't know how, but pop, maybe he pulled some strings like he said he did, but yeah, GSP is now on Podbean. I don't know, I, okay, jokes aside, I don't know how it got on there, like, because Podbean's one of those pay services, huh. and it's like, you know, it'll give you, like, a couple of hours for free, and then you have to pay up. Interesting. So, so I, then I just noticed it one day when I was looking on my Anchor dashboard, I'm like, wait, Podbean numbers? What the fuck? <laughs> and I looked myself up on Podbean, all the episodes are on there. Maybe it's aggregating from somewhere else. Yeah, or maybe Anchor made a deal where they could get yeah. through the RSS feed. That's what I would imagine. But, yeah. yeah, but I'm very happy it's on there because Podbean is like the main place I download all my podcasts from. Is it? Yeah, best inter- interface. Interesting. Yeah, I'd, I've been using Spotify just because I I pay for Spotify yeah. Premium, so it seems convenient. Uh, but I, I use Stitcher often in the past, and like I just recently switched back to um, iOS, so like I used to use the Apple Podcast app, but that seems like yeah. a big trash can these days. Yeah, Podbean is also one of the places where you can download episodes since uh, I don't got the data plan to like mm-hmm. stream shit all the time. Right. So, gotta download it. That's helpful. I don't, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm happy with my unlimited data plan. Like, I stream a lot of stuff and like tether my connection to my phone when I'm out on the road and stuff if nice. I have to send emails and shit. So it is really helpful. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, uh, folks, Garrett Shulky podcast now on Podbean. Podbean. And back to the conversation. Meow. All right. So we both talked about our Memorial Day weekend adventures. Mm-hmm. What was the other camping trip you did? Uh, I did a overnight stretch. Uh, kayaking the Kalamazoo River from its like source waters in Homer um, on the south branch I think it is um, we went up through Albion then through Marshall and into Battle Creek um, it was a pretty good paddle there's a couple of dam portages uh, the one in Albion is pretty well equipped to get around um, the one in Marshall is a little more difficult so if paddlers are looking for <laughs> paddling recommendations in southern Michigan um, on the Garrett Shelke podcast, then uh, I would recommend doing Homer to Marshall or doing Marshall to Battle Creek and not doing those trips consecutively because it's like uh, 30 did, river miles. Did you uh, get poison ivy this time around? I did not get poison. We definitely saw a lot of poison ivy, but like I'm more diligent about looking out for it. Okay, because last time I recall you doing uh, paddling, you got a shit ton of poison ivy on you. It, it happens. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah, and you said you did some camping on this trip. Yeah, I mean, we did a little stealther. There's some, like, industrial land um, just west of Marshall 
that seemed opportune. Like, it was getting dark, and there's a little patch of trees there and a kind of sheltered area to get off of the river. So we went back a couple hundred feet and set up the hammocks, but I'd been paddling for hours, and I was super tired. So I just set up the hammock and the bug net and just fell right asleep there in my shorts. I didn't even bother getting a like sleeping bag out or anything. It was like 80 degrees overnight and like 90% humidity. So just kind of laid there, slept for six or seven hours, got up, made some cold instant coffee, and <laughs> ate a protein bar and got back on the river and paddled the next day from like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. It was a long day of paddling, man. Yeah, did you camp anymore after that? No, no, just the one night. Okay, and uh, this is something I want to talk about because both on and off this podcast, we've talked about your adventures with camping, Mm -hmm. how you have a favorite spot, you do this and that. Yeah. Is this your first time stealth camping? No. Oh, it hasn't. Oh, no, I've done that several times. Yeah, let's hear about that because I've actually really been becoming interested in stealth camping this past year. Well, I mean, the the first thing that you want to look out for is like you don't want to be like camping on people's private property so it's like if you're looking at the map of like a trip that you're going to plan just look for like on google maps for like abandoned factories and shit like that places where like people aren't really likely to congregate and especially on the river like many times you have like river access to the back end of somebody's like 40 or 80 acre parcel and a lot of that like unused industrial land is like it's not necessarily that you're allowed to camp there it's that you won't be bothered if you camp there like if you set up an encampment there you'll likely be bothered immediately very obvious but for for the purpose of stealth camping it's usually just like well i need to sleep here so i'm just gonna sleep here and then get out but like of course my ethos of leave no trace is kind of applicable here like anytime i do a stealth camp i'm going to be really light footprint like i'm either going to use the hammock exclusively or i'm going to use like a little tarp and just try to like hide under a bunch of branches and stuff like i have a camouflage tarp if i need to be a little a little secretive but like it's like if someone sees my orange hammock strung up at like six o'clock in the morning i feel like they most of the time know what happened or they'll just assume that i'm a homeless guy and, like, nine times out of ten, you won't be bothered. But if it's, like, on someone's land and they wake up in the morning and they're drinking coffee and they see hey. an orange hammock and some guy just, like, shitting in the woods in their backyard, it's like, okay, they're probably going to come up with a shotgun. But, sir, I've dug a six-feet hole. <laughs> it's good. I mean, if you're sleeping in your vehicle, it becomes a lot easier to, like, park in hospital parking lots and stuff and take naps. Like, people won't really harass you that much. It's kind of like... You just want to plan where you're going to be least likely to be bothered for, like, six to seven hours. And try to get in there just before dark and get out of there just as soon as you possibly can in the morning. Not stick in one spot for too long. Most of most of the time you don't yeah. get bothered. What was the first time you ever went stealth camping? Uh, there was one night where I did, like, 30 miles on the Appalachian Trail and... I had went into town to do a resupply and then hitchhiked back to the trailhead, but it was like dark, dark by the time I got back. So I just kind of went into the brush in like a, not a highway median, but similar. It was like a couple of industrial roads and there's like a little 
maybe three acre chunk of land that was just like mixed brush like right by some commercial buildings and I definitely set up the hammock like real low to the ground um, that was the first time I camped in like a non-sanctioned campground that like you're not that was against the rules to camp in but I did it anyway and then like up in northern Michigan um, there's a trail that we were on and and we did a little stealther there because it's like they're it's like a 30 mile loop and there's only one campground but we like ended at that campground rather than starting at it or like making it the halfway point because there's like several on on points like points where you get onto this loop and we could have planned it a little better and actually stayed at that campground but we ended up not being able to make it so we just went a couple hundred feet off the trail and set up the hammocks nice and quiet all right, and uh, so and I can already tell you probably prefer just regular camping over stealth camping, right? Yeah, I mean, camping in an area that's set up for it, usually you'd have yeah. water access and, like, um, a place to throw your trash away at least or, like, a cleared yeah. spot that has no poison ivy to set up a tent, but... Yeah, is there is there anything about stealth camping that you think is superior to normal camping? Or anything that you like better about it? Um, I mean, it's it can be more convenient as a skill. Like, it opens up more opportunities for you to take trips. Because, like, there's not a sanctioned campground um, on the Kalamazoo River, at least in that section. I think there is near Galesburg, where you can, like, paddle up to it and camp there. And that's pretty frequent up north, like in the Pine River and stuff. There's a bunch of campgrounds that have access to the, the Pine River. And, like, it's very common on, on whitewater rivers for there to be campgrounds and stuff. But in this particular section, it's not really developed in that way. So there's not, like, if you want to do, like, Homer to Saugatuck on the Kalamazoo River, like, source to, to where it hits the lake, like, that's like a three- or four-day trip. you got to stay somewhere. So, like, having a hammock and, like, a little lightweight sleep setup and, and a cook set with you and, like, a water filter... It opens up a lot more possibilities, you know. Yeah. What What was your uh, scariest stealth stealth camping experience? Um. Like, was there ever a time where like it was a little bit shady, or you were kind of nervous about camping there? Not really. I mean, there there was one. My friend Josh and Sylvia. And I did some river near the Indiana border. I don't even remember which one it was. And we did an overnight down there. And it was starting to get pretty late. It was like 4th of July weekend. And we ended up camping on some private property, like, on a duck blind. And, like, if they had chosen to come and hunt ducks on their property that morning, like, that, we definitely would have Wait, been Wait, uh, duck blind, like, there was a duck blind there and you guys went into it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a pretty well, like a pretty well established duck blind. Like we went out behind it so that we were obscured by its camouflage. But like we definitely sat in the duck blind and made breakfast and shit like that. So, like it was most likely private property, and if it wasn't, it was well trafficked. So we uh, got lucky there. Okay, mostly most of what you just told me about your stealth camping experiences comes from you just walk. Like, doing something else, like kayaking. Or yeah, it comes out of necessity most yeah. of the time, not yeah, out of you, intention. Yeah, you never, like, intentionally, like, oh, hey, there's an abandoned factory over here. I think I'll go <laughs> camping that night. 
No, I mean, I guess I would, but, like, my days of making media like that are not necessarily over, but haven't, haven't been around for a while, and, like, I feel like there's a lot of people doing a great job with that kind of content. Maybe not necessarily in the state of Michigan, but... Oh, God. Thank you for... Because that is a great transition. All right. Because the reason I asked you about this, because a certain YouTuber... Oh, we got plenty of time. Oh, no. I thought I had a notification. Right. So what time you got to leave? Probably like 3.30, 4 o'clock. Oh, we got got plenty of time. There's plenty of time. uh, Because there's a certain individual that I've become... uh, a huge fan of on YouTube this past year. Mm-hmm. Much to my surprise, you and Kevin both know of him because I mentioned in New Orleans. You're like, oh, yeah, him. Yeah. For people who don't know, I'm talking about a, a gentleman from Canada named Steve Wallace. Yep, Camping with Steve. Camping with Steve. He is, uh, that's his YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, he does every type of camping imaginable, but his most uh, popular ones, the ones that got me into him, is his stealth camping. Mm-hmm. Like camping roundabouts and like behind police stations and all sorts of stuff. It's fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got into him through uh, the Street Fighters group, the official mm. group for Street Fight Radio podcast. I like. Yeah, they just posted a video of him, and of course, they the famous saying for popular people is like, "Someone go on Street Fight." So like Steve Wallace, go on Street Fights. <laughs> Zach Elblad, go on Street Fight. I don't want to Street Fight anyone. Jeffrey Epstein, go on Street Fight. <laughs> it's actually a really great podcast. I think you dig it. But, uh, okay. but yeah. Yeah, first first video I ever saw of him was uh, him camping in an abandoned gas station. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah. What was your first experience with Steve Wallace? Well, I started watching Steve when I was researching Hot Tents. And he was like, he had made a what's a hot tent? It's a tent with a stove in it. Oh, okay. And he had made one out of like an ice fishing shanty that he was staying in. Oh yeah, was that one with him and Crazy Neighbor? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He has a friend that that he works with a lot called Crazy Neighbor. Yep. Who's just as wholesome as him? He's got a beard and he like waves at the camera with both hands. Mm -hmm. Hi, Steve. Yep. Wears camouflage and like a fun hat. Yeah. Dude, my, fr- my my co-worker, Chad, who somehow knew of Steve Wallace before me, was like, crazy neighbor's kind of cringe. I'm like, what? No, how he's could awesome. you How could you say that? It's so Canadian. <laughs> They're both very Canadian. Yes, they are. And, and when I first got into him, like, Chad, like, almost convinced me that Steve Wallace was transphobic. Huh. Because the only reason he did, I was like, bullshit, he is not. But then Chad broke out into a Canadian accent that was so accurate to Steve. <laughs> I thought he was telling the truth. It's <laughs> like, oh, I only believe in the two genders, eh? You got deep faked. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. But then I watched some videos. I'm like, okay, he's not. He's not even really that political. No. But, uh, yeah, so uh, as someone who has stealth camp, but overall has had years of camping and hiking experience mm-hmm. i slept what? in a bathroom once on isle royal wait wait, wait. okay interrupting this tell <laughs> us about this oh that was forever ago dude that was like 1999 1998 uh kevin and i were yeah. on forget I, forget years you have decades of experience. <laughs> uh, that was on isle royal 
uh, Kevin's uncles took us out when we were kids. I would have been like 14 or 15 back then. And we did like a two-week, um, like we paddled the rivers across the center of Isle Royal uh, by canoe. And um, one of the uncles got a little feisty because he had some trouble at home and had been out of cigarettes for a couple of days. And he had a little temper tantrum and was throwing some shit at us because we were punk-ass kids. So we decided to ditch, and we ended up not sleeping in the little lean-to cabin that the uncles slept in. And we took our sleeping bags and went down to the bathroom on the dock. And it was cold as shit out there, so we had our little sleeping bags, and we would, like, you know, the hand dryers, the, like, warm air hand dryers? We would, like, press that and, like, fill up our sleeping bags with warm air and then curl up on the tile floor in the bathroom. So this is the middle of winter, and it was still functional. It wasn't winter. It was, like, fall-ish. But it's so far north that it just, it was cold no matter what you did. And there was a couple of rainstorms that had moved in, and it was... It was pretty gnarly weather up there. So this was like an actual bathroom. It wasn't like a porridge hunter. No, correct. It was an like there's a like a it would stretch to call it a city. It's like a little outpost on on one end of the island that has like a little shop and like an amphitheater and a ranger station and a coast guard station and a couple cabins and stuff. And there's like a little gift shop and a public bathroom there. And we stayed in the public bathroom on the dock. Okay. Woke up the next morning, linked up with the uncles, got apologized to, and then got back on the boat to go back to Houghton. <laughs> How clean was the bathroom? Pretty clean. Um, I mean, it was 90s National Park. They were pretty well funded, and people didn't just shit all over walls back then. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of a remote place. It's very difficult to get to. Like, there's not a lot of, like, vandalism that happens up there, or at least not at the time. Either you used the bathroom while you were there. Presumably we did. I don't remember those details. <laughs> like, like you weren't like sleeping was awakened by Kevin just shitting. shitting. <laughs> it sounds like sounds like something that could have happened, but I think we were both scared shitless. <laughs> All right, back to after that nice little detour. Steve back, Wallace. Steve Wallace never so, camped in a bathroom. Yeah. Stealth yeah. camping in a porridge on. <laughs> yeah, here, more ideas for Steve. Uh, okay, I'm not going to cook tonight because I'm kind of sick and sleeping in here. Right. You know, the Patreon followers, I have to follow them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so from you, an experienced adventurer, experienced hiker, experienced mm-hmm. camper, mm-hmm. what is your opinion of Steve Wallace? I like Steve. He's a fun guy. He's like working stiff. Seems like a fisherman type. You know, he's just having fun with it, dude. Like, well, I think the most recent one, he camps under a beach umbrella or yep, stuff. Like, yep, that's the latest been, one. There's been ones where he, like, went to Do- Dollar General and just bought, like, a, or a Cana- tarp Cana- or something. Canadian yeah. tire. <laughs> yeah, that one, too. Yeah, or he'll buy, like, a uh, shower curtain and camp yeah. under it or, like, yeah. make a tent out of saran wrap. like Pla- Plastic bubble wrap. Yep, he's done all sorts of fun stuff. I, I think he... I think it's fun. It's like wholesome YouTube. It just drinks a little beer, calls it step two. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, that was one of my first posts on his official Camping with Steve group. Yeah. I think immediately got immediately got deleted because I'm sure other people have done it, of course. I was like, what if 
instead of drinking beer for step two, he took a hit from the bong. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people <laughs> say that all the time. I know. So I posted cringe. I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> he's pretty He's pretty realistic in the food that he eats, too. Like That's oh, one that, thing. That's, when, my, that's my favorite part. And this is very weird of me to admit, but uh, when I do my own home-cooked meals, it's mostly like prepare, pre-cooked meats, then like add B, like, no, add like, you no know, veggies or uh, mashed potatoes, stuff you like put water in, then put it in, mm-hmm. or, you know, baked beans, of course, right? because this podcast are eating beans. <laughs> <laughs> Bean eaters here. I don't know why, but I like to do that when, uh, I like to eat that when I'm watching a Steve video, because for some reason it makes it taste better. <laughs> Steve's Steve's voice tastes better with beans. Yeah, no, he ta- he cooks up a lot of really great stuff. Mm-hmm. He does. I mean, probably the worst one, and they made a meme about it, was like, I think he was camping on his property just trying something out. Mm-hmm. And he said, tonight for, for, for our dinner, beautiful wife made a salad. <laughs> but the meme is that he says that, but then they flash cut to him looking at the fire kind of sad looking. <laughs> because most of his meals are very hearty like they're they're hearty mostly meat stuff Mm -hmm. you know just a variety i can't even name it all like a lot of pastas surprisingly wraps made with bag salads and lunch meat yeah i do agree he did one thing that looked disgusting no it wasn't like, he did, like, a, this was, like, winter camping. He, like, pre-made, like, uh, <clears throat> eggs, but he, like, put in, like, a water bottle the same size as this Smart Water bottle. Mm-hmm. As usual, we are sponsored by Smart Water, which you get at Drake's Party Store. I ought to just go ahead and have myself a sip. Chug, chug, chug. <sighs> I feel smarter. Damn right. You get at Drake's Party Store. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's got electrolytes. Yeah. Anyway, so Steve put in the eggs into the into here and like shook it up so he could like make a scrambled. Mm-hmm. But he also put mushrooms in it, <clears throat> which made it taste good. Mm-hmm. But it looked disgusting. Oh, I'm sure. Like it Mushroom was like slurry. Yeah, it was like this gray shit. <laughs> it looked like something that a meth head would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even he was like. Okay, this looks disgusting. I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> then he cooks it up. This is delicious. Dude, this Though I don't think I would prepare it this way again because it looked bad. <laughs> I met a hiker in Pennsylvania once um, who was hiking up to Maine on the Appalachian Trail to um, like move. So he was like hiking away from his hometown to like find his future. So it was like him and his dog, right? And he made me classic story. He he made me um, stir fried rice with um, spam, and, <laughs> and he seasoned the spam with soy sauce and honey, and it was so fucking good. Like it was one of the best trail cooked meals that I ever had somebody make for me, and it was just hilarious because it's just like rice, like instant rice, and spam and and like 
packets from fucking Panda Express or whatever, but it was really, really good. So I've had some interesting meals on the yeah. on the trail. Probably the closest I've had to this was back when I was a teenager, you know, Heinz ketchup, for some reason, decided to, like, start coloring their ketchup yeah, different colors. Yeah, green like, and purple Green ketchup, and purple, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, a kid thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, look, I'm eating green slime. Yep. And, uh, we had, like, a green one. And once, one day, my mom was, like, make up pop roast or something. And she decided to, like, since we were kind of out of uh, barbecue sauce, she decided to uh, put in some of this green ketchup. So then we get it, and it was like, the pot roast was like a brownish green color. (laughs) And we're all eating it, and, God, it tasted like we expected it to, but... We were just so turned off by the color that it was the like... The green color was we, hard to stomach. Yeah, dude. we were just like... Mm. Even she was like, yeah, this was a bad idea. <laughs> and thankfully, Heinz got through their head to stop doing that shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so yeah, that's my weird thing with Steve Wallace is that I like to eat my shitty dinners while watching him camp and cook his own meals because it makes mine taste better for some reason. Uh, What are your favorite type of videos of his? Because my personal favorite is stealth camping, for one. Oh, yeah. But stealth camping somewhere in the wintertime. Yeah, his winter camping videos are fun. Yeah, those are my personal favorite uh, because there's kind of more of a danger element there. Definitely. You're in the cold. You're, I think he's in Alberta, Canada. Yeah, he's he's yeah. up there for sure. Yeah, so it's and there's been a couple of times where he's like minus fifty degree stealth camping. Yeah, dude. There's another guy named Survival Russia. That Survival Russia. Yeah, he he like has a tank and shit, and like has a big old like uh, chunk of property up in. Um, Oh, God, where's the, like, frozen tundra wasteland in Russia that they always say they're going to send you to? Siberia. Like Siberia. Yeah, he lives yeah. in Siberia, and, like, he does a lot of winter camping videos with, like, big hunt, like hunting tents and, like, hot tents and, like, builds little shelters and igloos and stuff. Survival Russia. Yeah, that guy's cool. I'm, I'm looking that up. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's got a lot of good videos that are sort of similar to, like... Yeah. This guy is completely different from Steve or Survival. Definitely, no, yeah. No, no, you ever heard of a traveler named Shy? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know Shy. Well, yeah, yeah. Chad from work also got me hooked on mm-hmm. him. Illegal and, freedom. Yep, illegal freedom. Mm-hmm. And God, he is insane too. Like, that's uh, the type of shit Kevin and I used to do. Yeah, uh, break into yeah. abandoned buildings yeah. and just like walk uh, around on the catwalks yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of parkour stuff, mm-hmm. which Steve won't do because mm-hmm. Steve had an accident where he fell off a cliff or some shit, mm-hmm. and he fucked himself bad. Like, that's why he's got, like, scar on his cheek and his nose mm-hmm. and why he's afraid of heights, Yeah, which is very understandable when you fall on your fucking face down Yeah, dude. But, yeah, Shai, holy shit. Especially his trip through, like, Chernobyl. Yeah. You know, before World War Three happened. Yep, yep. That was that was really that was only like a year before yeah. all that stuff started happening. Yeah. yeah. He goes to Odessa and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. 
God, that was the most insane part of the war so far, by the way, mm-hmm. when they talk they talk about like Russia is shelling the Chernobyl nuclear plant. Yeah. Like, what, what the fuck? What in the dystopian fuck? First of all, I can't yeah. believe it's still operating. Like, I thought it was all barren and now people can visit because the radiation levels were that low. Well, I didn't know they were still operating as a nuclear power plant. Yeah, I think there's, like, other reactors in it. I know. Still it's one of those things where it's like, maybe you should let that one lie. Right. Go build one next door to it. They're, like, encapsulating it in concrete again, like, putting another shroud around it. Or at least they were. Yeah, until Russia decided it was a great idea to fucking bomb it. I don't know what the thought process was there, dude. I mean... Because they're insane. It's a world war. You do a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. Let's nuke the nuclear power plant. God. I wonder if... I wonder if after the shelling, the elephant's foot's still there. Well, the elephant's foot is gonna be there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably some fucking... At least one or two Russian soldiers who are like, I don't Let's know. go poke it. Yeah, they, no, they go up and they're trying to like teabag it or something. <laughs> Pour vodka on it. Uh, it's twerking from the fucking elephant's foot. <laughs> okay, but back to Shai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another fun thing about Shai is that he has a Twitter account that he barely's on. Mm-hmm. Every time he comes on there, I'm still alive. <laughs> perfect I think one of my favorite videos is like he was in this town and part of it he goes into a school mm-hmm. and like he just plays he just like plays on the piano there and then these two girls that are also in there like freaked out and then ran towards the sound which first of all I guess things must be different in Eastern Europe because if I was in an abandoned building and I heard a piano play, I would not run to it. Right. <laughs> These two girls did, and they're like, oh, hello. We didn't know anyone else was in here. But unlike him, kind of like Steve Wallace, he like does his best to like not literally break shit, do yeah. stuff that will get him in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like He's already doing enough game in trouble. He doesn't want to add more to it. Exactly. But these girls did, and they like just busted on in, because why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. You're in Eastern Europe. Might as well live that dystopia. <laughs> right. And after they left, he's like, stupid bitches are going to get me in trouble with authorities. Good thing I got cameras so they don't know that I wasn't the one that busted those windows. <laughs> it's fair, though, dude. Like, like you're not there to, to fuck shit up. Like, he's just there to see stuff that nor- that people don't normally see. Like, he's really respectful of, yeah, the, of that stuff. The only thing about Shai that's really annoying is that he's really individualistic. Mm-hmm. To the point where he, like, he'll ramble on about it during, like, his bus trips or shit. Like, yeah. this is why I think of individualism. I think it's good. Government bad. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Just go fucking, go check out an abandoned Soviet tomato shop or something dude i don't right. care i don't care about your libertarian arguments here. yeah and he stopped traveling with those other guys too because they've like were always making him do stuff and like didn't want to go to places really? he wanted to go really yeah, like that poison guy okay, okay the i admit i'm a bigger c wallace fan that wallace fan i am shy okay shy is cool but he's not as wholesome definitely not but but uh but he did travel with some people. Yeah. So get the lowdown on this. Well, like, in some of his more recent videos, like the one across Sardinia, 
he kind of talks about, like, or, or there was one where he was, like, in Switzerland on bike, and, like, his buddy dropped out of it halfway through, and then he ended up just, like, biking through the mountains. And I think he was saying, like, from now on, I'm just going to adventure solo because, like, I don't want to be constrained by, like, other people's needs and stuff like that. Dude, that's kind of how I feel. That's why I tend to travel on my own a lot. It makes a lot of sense, dude. It can be really frustrating to have a big group of people that you're with or even just, like, one or two travel partners because, you know. Well, we kind of, well, more so you kind of had that experience a couple months back. Yeah. We we won't get into that, though, because... Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No. No, I never shot you video I watched one of his shorter ones. Because unlike Steve Walls, who, like, his max was, like, 40 minutes or something, mm-hmm. Shai will give you, like, three, four hours of video. Yeah, yeah, and multiple parts. Yeah, and, yeah, and one of them was, like, him and his friend were, like, parkouring off the top of, like, a Russian business building. Yep. First, they thought they were getting caught because some guy's like, hey, hey, buddy, what are you doing on my roof? So they jump onto, like, another one and start going down on it, down down it. Mm-hmm. And then they, they were like, shit, it's all office buildings. Yeah, and they just they, go through the office building. Yeah, and they're like, uh, hello, maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> God, you know what it reminds me of? You ever see, like, first-person movies like Hardcore Henry or something? No. Dude, Hardcore Henry, highly suggests that. I love that action flick. Yeah, it reminds me of that because you're just seeing, like, his cam that he has attached to him. <laughs> so it's like, oh, God. It's actually more scary than Steve Wallace possibly getting <laughs> found out by, like, a highway patrolman or mm-hmm. something. Because you're seeing first person this guy going, shit, shit. He's jumping off buildings. Wow. So, yeah, uh, okay, uh, no, okay, we got your general opinion of Steve Wallace. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he gets the Elmblad approval. He does. Uh, one thing he always mentions, like, stuff like, okay, I'm being a bad stealth camper. Don't do what I do. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, that's somehow times, the most tense times when he breaks his stealth camp rules and, like, goes out to, like, get, like, a bigger picture of like where he's at he's like mm-hmm. oh no i think they spotted me mm-hmm. uh, is there anything that about steve wallace's you know his ways about doing things that you as a experienced camper would criticize we're saying with this with like all the <laughs> holy fuck uh i am so sorry uh Good thing I had the cap on my smart water because I actually knocked it down and it's like directly at your cell <laughs> It's fine. We're all dry here. I mean, I already paid you ten bucks to put it to edit my new song. It's true. I don't. I don't think I need to pay for a cell phone. Cash in hand. Yeah. So anyway, we say that I ask this with all the love in the world of Steve Wallace. Steve, come on my podcast. <laughs> but as a as a experienced camper and adventurer yourself is there anything about steve's way of going going about that irks you where you're like dude don't not really i mean he's he's pretty good about talking about cleaning up after yourself and like not fucking with private landowners and like i don't know i'm not i'm pro steve wallace i I think he's responsible 
I, I would be willing to bet that a lot of these places he has permission to go into. Like, oh, ooh, that's a hot take. There. Hot take, yeah. But actually, there's been one controversy so far. It has nothing, really, nothing to do with Steve. There's this other camper guy. I can't remember his name, but it's a good thing because he probably shouldn't get free ads around here anyway. And he's kind of considered like someone who jumped on the camping, stealth camping bandwagon. You know, like guys like Steve and them are putting up stuff. Mm-hmm. Bushcraft survivalist videos. Yeah. And he just kind of like seemed to just hop onto it. And apparently he was such a good relationship with Steve that he had Steve's phone number. So like he did a video where he like claimed that he was uh, camping in the, like a big snow mound in a Walmart parking lot. Like he went to the Walmart, bought like a mini shovel and shit. Mm-hmm. Then he went behind it and like dug a hole so he could go camp in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, okay, I'm in. I'm going to call Steve. And he did. Steve was, Steve's in the video via phone. Mm-hmm. But they're calling it a fake, and it probably is, because uh, there's some shots where, like, he comes out, but you can see, like, a hotel in the background. Mm-hmm. And that was a big controversy, because they're like, does Steve Wallace endorse him? <laughs> Steve Wallace friends with this phony. <laughs> Have you heard about the guy who, like, crashed a plane in California for YouTube views? Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, he, like, strapped... There's a, a bunch of, like, analysis videos of, like, the guy... Like, he claims that the engines died and he just, like, jumped out of the plane. But it's, like, uh, he's been, like, avi- on aviation YouTube for years and he, like, never flies with a parachute. But in that video, he's like, I always fly with a parachute because you never know what'll happen. And then, like, suspiciously, he has, like, fire extinguishers taped to his legs. And, like, he goes back to to get the GoPros from his crash site, like, instead of just, like, trying to to get help. Wait, (laughs) what's the reason for the fire extinguisher? In case he lands in a fire from crashing his own airplane. Oh, okay, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's pretty obvious when like, you watch the video. Like, oh, oh God, God reached out to my leg. Yeah, <laughs> it's like his his engine stalls, and you see like multiple angles of like the 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 propeller just like standing there, and he's like looking around. He's like, "Shit, I'm gonna have to bail," and then he just like jumps out <laughs> the door and like jumps out of the plane. Like there's like thirty seconds or whatever, but like like there's obviously protocols if your engine fails like while you're flying like you're supposed to glide down to an airport or glide down to an interstate or like an uh, open what, field or something oh uh, was this guy doing like all the wrong things like he immediately started <laughs> diving like the engine wasn't died. quite that bad but it was yeah. very close uh, the to engines died like shaking the camera yeah i don't know what to do exactly it was basically like that he's like oh fuck i have an engine failure i think i'm gonna have to bail and then he like presses a couple things and he's like yep but you're supposed to like report it to the tower and stuff like there's a bunch of protocols for emergencies that you're like he had a pilot's license so he should have done all of these things and he didn't do any of them he just fucking jumped out of the thing so he's like losing his <laughs> license and he's financially responsible for it and shit well i'm sure the you the monetization from his youtube video will more than make up for it right well that's what everybody is <laughs> basically saying he's like did this guy crash a plane in a protected wilderness for youtube views like 
this is what we've come to as a, as a crashing, society. Crashing my plane for clout. Right. All right, so, yeah. Yay, Steve Wallace. Mm-hmm. Yay, Survival Russia. Yay, Shai. Yep. Yay, overall, yay to all these uh, creators who are going on adventures that we're all now too old and fat to do. <laughs> Lone Wolf 902. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Wait, what is it? Lone Wolf 902. Oh, what's he do? He does mostly, like, hammock camping and hot tent camping. Okay, yeah. But he, like, always cooks good food, like, cooks steak on cast iron and shit, like, makes coffee in a weird way. Okay, I gotta look this up, because that actually sounds up my alley, too, with my whole dinner and watching our guys eat dinner. Yeah, yeah, dude. (laughs) That's, like, my thing, apparently, now. I'm that kind of guy. I think he has a dog, too. Oh, even better. Yep. What's his name? Lone Wolf 902. 90210? I'm pretty sure it's 902. <laughs> no. It's numbers at the uh, end. Uh, oh, I'm mixing up with the popular show. 90210. Lone Wolf 902. All right. Well, speaking of adventure, I went on a Chicago adventure recently. Nice. Week. And I came, and I, uh, and I came back sick with a cold again. Kind of like my New Orleans adventure. Came back with a cold. Mm-hmm. So is that like the new thing? Because I'm I just turned thirty five or whatever. Small. You just get sick every time you. Yeah, go is that gonna be like the new thing for me, Zach? Like, if I go on like a big week or near week long adventure, I'm just gonna come back sick. I don't know. I the last time I went on a week long adventure when I was thirty five, I came back and COVID happened. So I guess yes. Yeah, I mean. It sucks, but it only takes like two, three days for me to get over it. Mm-hmm. I even have a routine now. Uh, take Motrin, take Alka for the fever, mm-hmm. take Alka Seltzer, which also helps with the fever, but more so to like clear out your sinuses and that. Mm-hmm. Hot showers for relaxation, sinuses, and sleep. Maybe you're just allergic to other humans. Maybe. I mean, that's, that's also another thing I consider both in Chicago and New Orleans. You have to understand, people, when I do go on these adventures, I go all out day and night. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that I just like tongue-kissing people. <laughs> really, I'm just making out... spit swap. I am making out with numerous people of all genders and, <laughs> and sexualities and races. Just... Uh, <laughs> and sexual equal opportunity heaven. Yeah, exactly. Featuring Jeffrey Epstein and Adolf Hitler. Oh, God. I remember... <laughs> well, they say in heaven you forget all that. Anyway. <laughs> but, you don't uh, remember your past lives. No, it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, all is like, forgiven. The lion laid down, lays down with the lamb, which means Jesus is laying down with Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. And bees made honey in the lion's skull. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of what they did to JFK when he went to heaven because he had that big hole in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you hear about John Hinckley Jr.? No. Yeah, he's a, a famous musician now, and he's going out on tour. And they canceled a few dates recently, because he's John Hinckley Jr., the guy who almost saved the world by killing Reagan. <laughs> right, for Jodie Foster, right? And Jodie Foster was actually impressed. Yeah, so I saw that blurb somewhere in my news feed the mm. other day. It's like a headshot of Jodie Foster. <laughs> it's like, I was actually impressed. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Can you imagine if he, like, did that today? It'd probably be some shit like, 
I want to impress Amber Heard. Mm. Right, <laughs> for real. <laughs> Amber Heard and Amber Heard would show her appreciation by writing a defaming column in the New York Times. After being found guilty of defamation. Yep. So, excellent. <sighs> excellent but, move. <laughs> but yeah, uh, came back from a recent trip to Chicago and holy shit, dude. Uh, I did go, I did indeed go all Probably the most high I've ever been ever since they le- started legalizing, since they legalized it in Michigan, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Like every night. Like, nice. Holy shit. Smoking that herb. Yep. So, yeah, so I did that. Uh, did a lot, visited some, some same shops, went to a lot of shows. Uh, went, uh, went once again to uh, visit some famous graves. Which is why I say that masks from graveyards are worse than masks from, like, nature mm-hmm. trails and shit. Like, they're bad. Like, the one I went to in Forest Park, which has, like, the famous graves of, like, the Haymarket Martyrs, Emma Goldman, a bunch of radicals. Mm-hmm. Even Ernest Hemingway's parents are in there. <laughs> but they give me the map, and, uh... God, I don't remember the name of it, but, like, remember the 90s, the type of printout paper that they had... Like, you ever see, like... Neon green. Something like that, but, like, it's stuff like they would use, I think, in fax machines or, like, like, in action films. Some guy, like, dramatically rips it out and then looks at it and is like, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that kind of, like, design and shit. <laughs> like, 90s graphic design of the cemetery. <laughs> I'm like, this is 2020. You can't print out something better? Right, give me a PDF. Yeah, PDF. I had to look up on my phone and I got better math. <laughs> Augmented reality graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm 35 now, by the way, people. It sucks. I miss my youth. Yeah, age tends to, like, just increase and not decrease. Yeah. 36 comes after 35, I'm told. Oh, it does? Yeah. I did not know that. I passed through that one already. Fuck. <laughs> How's it feel? Old. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I still have this podcast. <laughs> how old I am. Right. And I still have devoted listeners to this podcast. Good. Hello, devoted listeners. Who are listening to this bullshit and, uh, and who, are, who I'm sure are just loving these commercials that I'm doing. <laughs> Like, nothing cringe about that at all. No. These are totally real commercials, by the way. Not me doing an awful imitation. <laughs> God, what else do I want to talk about? I don't know, man. Hmm. Anything you want to talk about? I don't know. I, I haven't really been doing much career-type stuff lately. I've just been working... Cleaning up, adventuring. Oh, I, I do know something I want to talk about, and this is actually a very deep subject. All right. Let me hit the last of the smart water. <laughs> the deepest depths with Garrett Shelkey on his pansexual equal opportunity podcast. <laughs> no, that's actually going to probably be the title. <clears throat> Was it pansexual heaven or something? Pansexual equal <clears throat> opportunity heaven. Yeah, let, let me write that. <laughs> That's good. Because I'm going to keep forgetting it if I... Your advertisement series, Pansexual Equal Opportunity Heaven. 
a sexual equal opportunity heaven. <laughs> this is my fat fingering. Can see how I spell opportunity? Opportunity. Yeah, do that shit. Autocorrect. No, I remember when I first started, when I first met Chad at work, and like we gave each other our our numbers. Digits. Yeah, I think. I like sent him like a text, but I don't know. I don't know why he wrote, but it came out as like Swiggle Swiggle or something. <laughs> it's an autocorrect in my fat fingering. He just Hit replies phones. back, I am way too high for this shit. <laughs> okay, now I know what I want to talk about. I kind of want your advice. All right. Because this is something I'm actually kind of starting to work on myself. In a public right? forum. All yeah, right. public Let's forum. Public forum advice. Yeah. You see, uh, March for me was. Not a good mental health month. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did a lot of cool stuff, obviously, but uh, overall, it was just complete garbage, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's how it started. Uh, last time we met, I talked about a local comedian who uh, kind of went off the rails yeah. a little bit. And yeah, it was a pretty big bummer. I think that was like the official start of it, him going off on that. Mm-hmm. And for an update on him... Uh, he and his wife are now separated. He's living with folks. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, shit's not going good for him. Oh, poor pickle this, man. Yeah, it's, despite his big mouth. Uh, God, I'm, I'm not going to brag about it. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so despite his talk, he, he's not doing good. But anyway, I think that was, like, the start of it, like, at the end of April. And then the rest of the month, I was... The sum that happens to me, like, every month is that uh, I kind of have, like, a day, usually, where, like, I kind of get existential dread because I'm mm-hmm. not as famous or as knowable as I would like to be with my work, especially. Right. You know, I just get, like, oh, God, it's not working. I suck. Why am I doing this? And there's other factors that, like, and this usually happens at work, too, where I hate being. So, like, it kind of, like, latches on and makes things worse. Sure. Usually it lasts a couple of hours, maybe a day. But for some reason, this time around, it's stuck for, like, nearly the entire month. And, like, colored everything I did. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, uh... Like, it actually made things worse, too. Like, uh... For example, during that conversation with that comedian had another comedian from Grand Rapids who replied to me saying like what the fuck are you talking about Gary Shelky pickle you think you're you think you're funny and relevant get bent you zero yeah get g-e-n-t get bent so it was funny I posted and everything like the great because this guy I guess used to be a comedian now he's just like a craft beer bro or something yeah, so I didn't really think anything of it because I posted and people liked me making fun of him. Mm-hmm. Then I came here to Count Zoo to see Built a Spill at Bell Brewery. Mm-hmm. Guess who was in the fucking audience? Uh oh. That guy. And it pissed me off for some reason. Mm. And I sincerely thought about confronting him, be like, hey, is this you? Would you like to tell me to get bent again, you asshole? Yeah, you don't want to do that. I know, and I didn't. And uh, eventually Build a Spill came on, and I kind of forgot about it. But it was like, you're watching this band, like, yeah. But then you'll look over, and there he is enjoying it, too. Like, 
Uh, <laughs> You're not allowed to enjoy things I enjoy, asshole. Yeah, exactly. So, it's just little shit like that just mm-hmm. flavored the month. Sure. And, uh, and it ended in a very spectacular fashion. Because at work, uh, we call this dickhead John. He's an old man. Even though he's like f- five years younger than my parents. He was born in 1964. My mom in 60, my dad in 58. Looks like absolute fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, complete white hair, big shaggy white beard. Kind of, I call him meth mouth because he barely has any teeth. Talks like this. You know people who don't have teeth? Yeah. He kind of like talks like this. Yep. And he has like the most old man smell I've ever. <laughs> like, you know how old people just smell a certain yeah, way? Yeah, it's like mothball. Yeah, and he's urine. got he's got that. Old Spice from 1983. Yeah. Yep. Brute. Yep. And uh, me and this guy do not like each other. But it's usually like we have like one blow up a year. Mm-hmm. And that blow up decided to happen this time. Because right. uh, he did not like me being on my phone. Because I, usually when I check my phone, I like go down to like the end of the aisle where no one is and checks it. Mm-hmm. So he yells at me. And I yell back, you know, fuck you. And we go back and forth. Uh, he calls me a lazy son of a bitch, lazy motherfucker, a faggot, piece of, sh- piece of shit, and something else I didn't hear because I was yelling at him. Me, I call him a piece of shit, smelly, meth mouth, asshole. And I yelled that he should come up and say it to my face. Because by the way, he didn't like come up and yell at me. Mm-hmm. He was literally just... Yelled it like from behind, like someone get off their fucking phone. And as he's walking away while he's yelling, what a champion! Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, and that was as I say, this was the climax of it because this was like the most angry that I got. Mm-hmm. As in, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it, I was just fueling with rage, very tense. Like, I'm shaking with rage as I'm selecting the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Which is like 30, 30 minutes left in the day. And on top of that, uh, the very next day I have Wednesdays off. I uploaded my album, Neil B. Glory, I Hate Living the Future. is out now on Bandcamp. You can buy for, buy for five bucks. Five dollars. Yeah. And this is a great day. My very first album as, a, as an artist, musical artist. And it was ruined because I was so angry at this ancient piece of shit. So it was like, yeah, upload an album. It's like, God, I want to punch that motherfucker <laughs> so bad. Fuck the insignificance. I know. So it ruined my fucking album release because I was just fuming about it. And then the next day after, you know, still fuming and kind of like the hard times we'd gotten into it. We just, we just completely ignore each other. Mm. And, and I'm still fuming, still very tense, still why like... I was waiting for him, for us to, like, be alone someplace, like, or walk down the aisle at the same time with no one around, so I could call him a pussy or uh, say, hey, asshole, you want to say something else to me? You want to fucking fight? <laughs> and, uh, didn't happen. And here's the strange thing. Uh, I'm... There's a podcaster, his name's Matt Chrisman. He's one of the co-hosts of Chapo Trap House. Mm-hmm. He also runs his own little thing called Grill Stream or Kush, Kush Vlogs. Okay. 
And uh, during this particular one while I was listening to, you know, he's doing some political stuff that he's talking about. But then at the end of it, like the last half hour, he just goes into a monologue where he talks about how, like, you need to let love into your life. <laughs> and he goes about his own anxieties. Like, he's got really bad. Like, his anxieties made him, like, believe he had cancer one time or that he was having a heart attack. Hmm. Which I was there one time. I did have a panic attack uh, so bad I thought I was having a heart attack. But yeah, he was saying stuff like, you know, well, you have to remember, you know, the people out there that love you. You know, you need to let love into your life. And then pessimistically more so, he said like, you know, you can reach out there to grasp love, but love doesn't have to grasp you back. And for some reason, this calmed me the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And... In a way that if I started, like, ten, not tense up anymore, and it felt like the anger was leaving me. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever see, like, a cartoon, like, or an anime of, like, someone powering up or, like, they're possessed by something and it leaves their body? It just, like, it, it flows out and then they kind of just drop. Mm-hmm. It was almost like that. Yeah. And rest of the day my anger was gone towards this guy like my body still hurt because I was tense, tense up. Yeah. but I felt no rage towards this guy no anger I didn't want to say anything and yeah yeah it was just like a month long of just feeling like shit anger depression anxiety just left it that's mm-hmm. why June's been so good for me so far good and this is something I want to work on with myself is that, yeah, as you know, out here on the Garrett Shelke podcast, I never get angry. I never get angry about certain things. I never obsess over past beefs or any of that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how could I, Garrett Shelke, ever do that, you ask? Right. Okay, I do, actually. And I'm sure the listeners are very happy about hearing these people that they don't know anything about. But I'm really trying to work on that. I'm trying to... Because, you see, for this past decade, I've kind of let my anger fuel me on a lot of things. Especially, like, mm-hmm. creativ- creativity-wise. Yeah. I mean, guys like Henry Rollins, who I still deeply admire, have talked about that. Mm-hmm. Even, like, a, a late latest interview from this past decade, he even talks about how, like, he's still angry, but he still ha- he has better ways to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mostly stuff that doesn't involve him, like, wrecking his body or anything. Yeah. Plus, he really can't do it because he's in his 50s and that now. Yeah. So, the thing that I'm trying to work on is that uh, I'm trying not to... I'm trying better ways to channel my anger than creativity in that because it just doesn't seem to work now. No, you don't want to color your artistic output with your own frustrations. At least... That, that's a, sort of like an infantile way of like finding your your like artistic muse like you don't want to do it out of anger like not necessarily like that's kind of a youthful rebellion well, it's not, thing well it's not even like out anger like I'm not being like I'll show you mm-hmm. it's more like oh I'm super angry about this I better go work on this poem or write this story oh okay yeah like but, as a motivation. But, to yeah, but as I'm discovering, I'm really not using it for that even. It's just mm-hmm. sticking around. It's wrecking my mind and even my body. That's usually what it does. I know, so that's the thing I'm trying to do now is figure out ways to either 
not hold grudges and not remain angry. Let shit slide more like it used to when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But like, because that's another thing. When I was younger, I went through a lot of shit. I got bullied and that. A lot of it still sticks with me, but at the same time, like, I don't remember, like, holding on to it as much as I do now. Mm. Like, it seems like now that I'm older, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, it seems like anger just affects me more and I hold on to it even when I don't want to. Sure. There's a lot to be angry about. Yeah. Well, it's more personal shit. Like, mm. I'm not getting, like, I'm not having, like, I get angry over, like, you know, police abuse, the way our commies ran and shit, but it's all this personal stuff, like, with John, that, mm. like, gets to me more than even that. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to ask you, Zach, on that, uh, do you have any advice? Like, how do I, uh, do you have a, after all I told you, do you have any suggestions of better way to deal with anger, to get over it or reroute it or anything? I mean, I, I suffer from a lot of that. Like, you sort of began that by talking about the, like, like, uh, frivolity of everything and, like, imposter syndrome and, like, feeling like you haven't accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. And, like, when I think about stuff like that, I always remember the story about, like, Julius Caesar, after he came back from his Gallic campaigns, like, was crying at the foot of the uh, statue of Alexander the Great because Alexander the Great had conquered the entire known world before he was 30 years old and Caesar was like 35 or something. And he's like, well, I'll never be as good as this, right? But it's like we still remember him as like this <clears throat> like sort of contentious figure, but like one of the most famous Romans, right? And like the end of the Roman Republic and the beginning of the Roman Empire is kind of like a not only just a footnote in history, but in, in like, just the timeline of humanity. And so to know that notable people throughout history have had those similar feelings, like, that's definitely a, something that comes up in my artistic processes a lot, where it's like, why the fuck am I even doing this? Like, you know, Kurt Cobain wrote, like, five albums worth of great songs before he was 27. Like, I'm 37 now. Like, I'm just a fuckwit. Like, I'll never be good. Like, there's, there's a lot of that. And I think a lot of times when you start letting anger rule your decision-making process, it either has to do with you seeing yourself in the other people or you taking to heart people who are saying things to you out of context. Because, like, the way you represent yourself in the world and the way you actually are are two different things. And, I've, and I note, note that to be true in everyone. Where, like, a lot of times when people just, like, walk down and bitch at other other people, it's because they fucking hate themselves. So, like, if you're walking through and you're getting real pissed off at somebody because they're being shitty to you or calling you lazy or whatever, like, a lot of times for me it's it's easier to just be quiet and, like, see how they exhibit the traits that they're pointing out in you. Because we're all, like, similar, you know? Like, there's there's a lot of situations where I'm just like a lazy asshole that doesn't respond to phone calls and shit. But like, that's partly because everyone's like, do you, man, you got to take care of number one. And like, also it's like, well, you get busy and you don't answer people. But sometimes like when people do that to me and like, I, I ask, send someone a message and they don't get back to me for a couple of days. I'm like, Oh my, I'm so low on your totem pole that you can't get back to me. And it's like, well, sometimes shit just comes up. You're, you're busy or whatever. 
And I think that it has a lot of the same things where, like, we're only ever catching people at, like, 10% of their cognitive bandwidth and, like, with a lot of other stressful shit going on in their lives. So, like, I feel like when you start to notice yourself slipping into that, like, it's a lot easier to forgive other people for that shit where it's, like, maybe this guy was having a bad day. Like maybe he just got a bill due or like he went to the doctor and found out there's a lump on his nuts or something. Like you never really know. Like maybe the guy's cat died. Like, that's a, you know, that's actually what happened to yeah. after I calmed down yeah. and I did finally get that alone in the walking by with John. Mm. Like I said, he didn't look at me. His head was down and with his mush mouth and his dog like face. He's all like, mm. As he walked by, I actually did think about that. Like, you know, what was he going through? Right. You know, what if he's angry about something else? Blah blah. Yeah. Just like that. Then I thought myself, like, I am way too empathetic and self-aware for my own health. Right. Well, and maybe this this comic guy that you ran into at Built to Spill too. Like, maybe he noticed that you were there and kind of felt shitty about making his shitty comments. You know. I honestly never know. I honestly don't think that because, well, maybe also made me mad too because. He was with uh, his partner, mm. and they were just chuckling it up while while our bands and that were playing, mm. which kind of made me angry, angry even more because here's someone that talked shit to you and called you a zero, having a great time. Right? Whatever, man. I know. It's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to let that shit go. Like, I, I still I hold a lot of animosity for people who treated me like shit shit or, or told me stuff that made me feel insulted or belittled. I know. You know I, it's I easy to have I know. I don't think I'll ever totally get rid of that, but no. I'm trying to get to the point where like it won't it won't it won't be something that I'll just lament about for days on end or like mm. it'll actually physically hurt my body because I'm so angry about it. Yeah. And of course just ruin shit like an album release. Yeah. A day that I, that I should have been proud of myself and happy. Right. Which, by the way, the second day, yeah, someone purchased the album. And they paid more than five. They spent nice. ten bucks on it. Hell yeah, a little yeah. tip. Just yeah. a tip. Yeah, so, yeah, so I felt, thankfully that happened too after I felt better. I Good. was like, maybe the day's looking up. Yeah, man. I mean, in my freelance career, like, there's definitely days where I wake up and I haven't had work for a couple of days and the phone's not ringing and I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I'm just, I'm a complete failure. No one wants me to take photographs of them or their house. And, like, then it's, like, the next day, like, six people call up and they're like, hey, what are you doing Monday? And it's, like, people you know are going to write the check right away. Like, you know, you can't let one day ruin a whole week or a whole month. And, like, even though shit happens in waves or, like, as punctuated events, like, that change your world, like... You kind of, if you realize that people are bumping into you and have to take you as you come because, like, sometimes you have good days and sometimes you have bad days, then you kind of have to accept that in other people as well. Like, if you're if you're searching for acceptance, living your life as you live it, then to a certain extent you have to also grant other people that leniency. And that's really difficult sometimes, too, because there's a lot of things that people do that piss me off. I'm like, why do you drive this way? Why do you talk this way? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you throw trash out the fucking window? Like, but, you know, it's easy to say that people come from a standpoint of ignorance. 
but a lot of times it's more like a defense mechanism that they don't realize is like detrimental to their contribution to the world. So it's like people get in these little subroutines of like, well, if I if I act like a smart aleck, then people won't know that I feel unintelligent or like if I like fuck up other people's shit and heckle and stuff like maybe people will give me attention because I feel like I don't get enough attention from the people that care about me like there's a lot of psychological aspects to that kind of stuff and like as much as it's going to play on other people it plays on you too so a lot of time when I start feeling like that or getting anxious or having imposter syndrome or like being really fucking angry about people doing shit like for me it's like chewing people chewing like, I'll just fucking freak out on people in public just because they chew loud. It drives me crazy. It's like, I just want to get away from it. And, like, I'll, my blood pressure will get up. I'll get all fucking freaked out and start snapping at people and shit. And it's all just because I heard some guy chew. It's like, well, he's just trying to eat, dude. Like, what, what are you getting all fucking uptight for? It's like, well, that's a thing I don't like. I think it's sort of rude to chew loudly in public. And it's, like, uncouth. And it just bothers yeah. me. But also, like, I can see that that... Like, sometimes people just chew loudly and they don't even fucking think about it. Like, why would they try to self-police a behavior that doesn't even occur to them to possibly be on the list of things that could be annoying another human in their public space? Like, so a lot of times you got to remember a lot of that shit's just in your head. And, like, maybe the people that you're angry with don't know that you're angry with them. They just know that you're being fucking weird or, like, obstinate or quiet or standoffish or something like that. Like, I feel like a lot of times communication is a lot, like, the broaching a subject is very difficult, but once people, like, know what your preferences and, and likes and dislikes are, like, getting to, getting to know each other as a community of people oftentimes helps with a lot of that stuff, because if you just are like, hey, man, I'm really, like, why the fuck did you say that? Like, I've been all up in arms about that shit, but, like, then you have aspects of, like, those strangers on the internet that say shit to you and make assessments of your artistic career or whatever when we're all just here in this flyover oh, state. God, like, you, God, you, you, know, know, you know how many times that I've been called a wannabe writer or a fail yeah, writer? People say that shit to me all the time too, man. You know, whatever. Like, I know, just despite, despite some of the stuff I shared, I've been sharing on here, I actually have stop fighting a lot compared mm. to what I used to. Yeah, man. I mean, I've taken some pretty big slights. Like, a, even recently, people just told me, like, I, I'm not good at the drums and, like, I should quit playing and that I'm too old for it and that I can't move my body the way I used to and that, like, I was a better drummer in 2010. Like, I've heard all sorts of shit. Like, you know, a lot of people take umbrage with my writing, consider it abrasive, you know. Yeah. Like, even... Constructive criticism. I've yeah. kind of tried to take. I've been trying to take it, but it still makes me angry. Of like, there, there's only one cons- person I want constructive criticism from. Know who that is? Hmm. You, Zach. Yeah. Because I've been working with you for years. Yeah. But God, dude. Like even this past week, uh, I won't say the person's name, but for some reason they sent me a article saying like. Top 10 things self-published writers do to that prevents them from getting publicity or good reviews. Mm. And it's all the same shit that I've re- been reading since, like, the early, the mid, late 2000s. Like, yeah. It's all the same shit, like, you know, it's not well-written. There's not good editing. 
the cover's bad, blah, blah, blah. Which I'm like, dude, why did you send this to me? That like, and I'll, random. Yeah, that like, and... Are you, try, are you trying to send me a message or something? And who's to say what's good or bad, dude? Oh, like, there's that. Too. You look at graphic design from, like, the top ten albums of any given genre, and you look at that and you're like, what the fuck is this? What am I looking at? Like, yeah. And it's like, you don't... You don't bash the graphic designers for doing something weird or like changing up their their style. Like that's sort of expected on graphic designers is to do yeah. weird shit and choose different color palettes and experiment with different typographies. And yeah. Like, so yeah. Plus uh, on this issue itself, I hate these kind of lists because they're so hack. Yeah. It's all the same it's shit. All clickbait horse it's, shit. Yeah. It's all the same shit. Attacking people to make them feel yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Plus it's all the same shit all the time. Like I've read hundreds of articles. St. criticism. Yeah. And on top of this, I know it's for a fact that a lot of these people just will never get into, like, indie lit or self-published works. Right. So it's like, why are you writing this when you're obviously never going to like this shit anyway? For real. I mean, think think about, like, 2600. Or, well, like, that's the best example I know of, like, what was a self-published magazine that became a legitimate outfit, like, as the years went by. Like, that started out with just, like, kids... You know, writing up yeah. newsletters about hacking, like to to try to denigrate someone for their artistic output is just such a low blow. Because yeah. like the the work and dedication that it takes to just release a piece of media to begin with is just like so daunting. Like the same type of person that's going to be like, oh, this is fuckwit amateurish and like and poorly written. They they've never written a thing in their fucking life. Or, like, you could go read through their stuff and find all sorts of errors and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, good for you. You got this great graphic design on your cover because you paid some guy $2,500 to fucking do it for yeah. you. Like, at what point does farming out the processes to people who are using it as a way to financially gain from you, like, at, at what, what point does that become other people doing your work for you? Like, I've struggled a lot with that, too. Like, creative teams, you know, you end up sort of, like, diluting the original thought that way. Like, keeping as much control in the artist's hands, I think, is really beneficial for experimentation. Oh, yeah, that's why I like like working with you and Mm -hmm. why I say you're the only person I really take constructive criticism from because you have your thoughts, but you kind of, like, know my process and my goals in that what I'm kind of looking to do and I think that anytime you're working with another artist um, on work that's not necessarily collaborative but supportive then like you want to let the original work shine through like when I'm recording a band I don't do a bunch of studio tricks to make them sound like I want yeah. them to sound I make them sound like they sound yeah or even even my work like today folks uh that I have to be working on another track mm. for the next album I want to work on. And I'm sure you have other, other thoughts of it, but you know what I'm kind of looking for because I've talked yeah. to you about it. So, yeah. And I guess you kind of stay in that lane. Yeah, and you have a with, recording philosophy and, and yeah. well, influences that yeah, you want to acknowledge. Yeah, you're not like, acknowledge. Uh, this, this instrumental's trash. You should do this one instead. No, nothing's trash, man. I mean, like, there's... Though I have told you before that I want you to be completely honest to the point yeah. where you're like, Gary, this is fucking awful. Do not put this out. Well, if it was <laughs> trash, I'd say it. 
Yeah, I'll just have you redo it again, but like... I, I know, so I want you to at least be that honest if something is so bad that even you're like, okay, there's nothing subjective about this. <laughs> this is bad. This Don't, is a big turd. Do not put it on your sample. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I, I think there's an audience for anybody's artistic output, you yeah. know? And like, tastes change and influences change and audiences change and develop and grow and grow in and grow out of your art and like you'll have diehard fans that follow everything you do but there's always like you talk about long-running bands and there's always like flop albums that yeah. like you talk to one guy and you're like oh fucking oh. i i hate every metallica album that came out after cliff burton died or, and then or after people, the black album yeah or or even some people are like oh man black album's the best album of rock and roll history like you everybody know, so, has their own takes and opinions you know, say, say anger not that bad if you think about it yeah, dude i mean it, it, my old roommate Tariq, it, it, he it, fucking loved that record oh god loved yeah. it okay yeah so you know you never know who your audience is going to be, especially when you're first starting out. I think we've had a lot of conversations about that before is that like you kind of, you first start branching out with people who are similar to you, you think. And then what you'll notice as you develop an art artistic career is that the people who really like you aren't the people that you thought were really going to like you. And the people that you thought were really going to like you are probably going to be combative with you because either they consider you competition for them and what they're doing or um they just don't expect creativity out of you because they just like know you as the pudgy guy from high school or whatever and the next thing you know you're you're flying out to colorado to you know hike mountains and shit and they're stuck with their two crying babies and like it's easy it's just easy to comment on someone's facebook wall and be like oh yeah some of us have to work and it's like dude go fuck yourself like if you could be on vacation you would like don't don't drag me down because you can't do what I'm doing. Like, there's times in my life where I've looked at your Facebook feed and been like, wouldn't it be nice to just have a little camping trip with my two kids, you know, cook some hot dogs and live the simple life. So, like, you're always looking across the fence at someone else's garden and you're like, well, shit, I should have grown cucumbers this year. But, like, the reality is what you should do is cooperate with these people and be like, hey, man, I got these bell peppers and you got these cucumbers. Like, let's make a little salad here and, like, have a picnic. Like, and and to, like, drag that, that analogy into the, like, artistic realms or, like, the literary realms. Like, I see a lot of more, like, cross-pollination with those indie artists that you really like, the, the, the like, um, absurdist writers and stuff where they're, like doing collaborative work and and like hyping each other up on instagram and and like sharing each other's stuff and buying each other's stuff and reading each other's stuff like that's much more of a vibrant literary community to me even though it's compartmentalized into this weird genre that from the outside it's like oh man this is like <laughs> what was every time i go to the supermarket my head explodes or some yeah, shit like that yeah car <laughs> Yeah, every yeah Carlton Melick, great bizarre writer. Yeah, yeah every every time we meet at Dairy Queen, my fucking head explodes. Yeah, like what kind of non sequitur Mitch Hedberg shit is that? <laughs> also, like you, you know, there is an outlet and an avenue, and similarly minded people, because of the diversity of thought that we have in Western civilization, like there's a lot of opinions to have and a lot of well, ways to present like situations for your characters and a lot of perspectives to explore with writing. And so, you know, just like someone doesn't like 
mayonnaise on their french fries they might not like your writing style but for them to vocalize like oh fuck this this is trash like you're a shitty writer it's usually not motivated by their actual honest assessment of your work it's most of the time just because they're jealous because they always wanted to write and like even though you might be writing something that they they dislike or doesn't mesh with them rather than than just choosing to not read it then they have to go the extra mile to like issue some type of negative criticism on it it's like dude you're not exploring this work in its context you don't know the peers of this work like you don't go into an art gallery at 18 years old and just start talking about you know the neoclassicists you kind of have to learn about that and like what what changes that from classicism or like like different types of painting styles like i dislike abstract expressionism i dislike impressionism i'm more of an of uh um like uh, classical um art style like i like botticelli and Raphael and that van kind of Gogh. stuff yeah. i'm not that big of a van gogh fan that's that's oh, abstract right. expressionism it's it's like um implied color and like visual distortion and playing with like reverie daydream scapes and not necessarily like recreating the world around you like or uh conceptual art is that what it's called yeah sure yeah, yeah. like the guy who like tapes a banana to a wall sure well i mean <laughs> i've i've had many elaborate discussions about that type of shit or like piss piss christ that's uh, another that's very a classic right but I mean, that just boils down to the question of like, what is art? And if, if it's the unique expression of personal ideas, then like, who is anyone to really criticize or judge? Because like, someone could smear a pile of shit on a wall and call it art. Yeah. And as long as there's like a viewing public that appreciates the way that you smear to the shit or like the color of the shit, like, then it just it becomes art because of what it is, not because of its intent. It becomes art because it's it's um, like it, its ability to have an opinion on it, like a, a, a visual aesthetic opinion. So like that's just going to vary from person to person, no matter what you do. So on the continuum, for every person who decides to make a snarky comment, there's probably a person who really enjoyed the work that just sat, read it, moved on, and didn't feel moved to make a comment on a public forum to just say, "Hey, I really enjoyed this." They just did. And you'll never even know, you know? Yeah. You, oh. So you got to remember that, too, when, when right. someone's talking shit. All right. I just checked the time. I just checked the time at 3.35. Okay. Yeah, probably start sure. wrapping up. Closer on up. Yeah. I will say, so far, what I've been doing to deal with my anger is uh, four things right now. Mm. Uh, seeking out advice of how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Or just monologues that calm me the fuck down. Yeah. Uh, there's that. Two, I have... And I have finally admitted that I will not be putting out a book this year. All right. Because technically I have a rough rough draft for the next Golden Book, but, mm-hmm. dude, I still want to deal with the process of putting it out from everything. Yeah, so let it go. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? I knew this was going to happen. The year is this year. The year since I first put out my Anamaki in 2016, mm-hmm. I will not put out a book. You don't have so, to, man. Yeah. So, no one's lighting the fire under your know, ass to so, make it done. I know. So, I, so I've come to peace with that. You could even change your mind if you want. Yep. Uh, two, 
actually put out more work, more work like short stories and poems and that. Because mm. I haven't done that in a long ass time. Cause I've been focusing on writing novels. Totally. Same. Yeah. And uh, and finally, the other thing is just like being very conscious of like when shit happens. Mostly if it's small stuff, like the whole, like what I just mentioned, you know, mm. friends just sending me an article, which I thought was insulting to me in some way. Mm. Like, no guarantees on, like, big shit, like if some guy at work calls me the F word or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, little stuff, like, don't try and, like, like, get to me as much. Yeah, man, road rage, that's the way to practice. Some asshole yeah. cuts you off, all that shit, just let her all go, right. man. All right, well... I say that's I say it's been a podcast, man. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, podcast successful. Yeah. Zach, thanks for coming back on. Of course. And like I said, we gotta have you on more often or else the world will fucking end. <laughs> uh, Zach, let's do some promo stuff, man. Um yeah, I don't really have much to promo other than like I'm just ba- I'm doing so, photography and stuff. So on Instagram? Yeah, I'm not very active. Um I'm just i I'm working on my business and and dealing with the clients that I already have and I haven't been like really moved to do any big elaborate projects but I'm working on a motorcycle that might turn into a YouTube video at some point oh nice still working on uh, restoring that big piano from the 19th century um I got like three videos up three or four videos up now on that on the Elmblad Media Group YouTube so yeah well as for me, everyone, you know where to find my stuff at. And it's now on Podbean, like I said. <laughs> Podbean. But the the gods have... Jeffrey Epstein has helped me out in getting it on there, so it's all good. And also, my uh, first my first album as Neo B. Glory, I Hate Living in the Future, is now available on Bandcamp. Get it. Ten tracks, all for five bucks. Lo-fi, punk rock, and industrial. If you're into that, check it out. And it's also, you can listen to it on SoundCloud, YouTube soon, probably this week. And also, it's now available through Spotify and Apple Music. Yeah. And, and other shit, probably like Deezer and Pandora and whatever other stuff I clicked on. Uh, Last.fm. Oh, I actually tried getting I on there. radio. I tried getting on there, but uh, they changed their policy so that ours can't, like, submit to themselves. Weird. I know, it's fucking stupid. This happened a couple of years ago. Hmm. They haven't changed it. So, yeah, yeah everyone, uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, Zach, thanks for being on. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the advice. Of course. And thank you, folks, for listening. Here is the outro song. Goodbye. It's written in the
Yes, the bottle, Jess, and walk you home. 